guys. We are two geeky ladies talking about issues in our lives. Relationship gossip. And occasional politics, all while geeking and having fun. Let's geek. Need to figure out how to be in sync with that one. It's like hey, I feel like we're. I feel like every episode we're just inching closer, inching mm-hmm. closer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! So today we have an exciting episode. We have lovely Monroe eighty eight coming in to interview with the uh, you know to talk about K pop, the anti blackness in the community, and also just in general what is going on with the black community. And we have this. Um, insightful information uh, that we are bringing to the table and i'm very excited to have this open discussion same because she's been a supporter of our podcast for like the longest time and i just think that's like one of the most amazing things about it and she loves what we do so and then i've been following her for a hot minute so it's just so exciting i'm like oh my god i finally get to speak to her she's so real Right. We don't have to see her on a video giving us like information. We're actually communicating and she's responding. (laughs) Yeah. So get ready for this deep dive on the conversation. But first, Kat, let's go ahead with our segment. What you geeking about? What you geeking about today? Well, today I am geeking about the news that I actually found out day before yesterday from B. Scott. So be sure to follow him. I mean, be sure to follow them and follow their podcast. And it was about Zendaya and Beyonce. So it is a rumor. It's a rumor right now. So it hasn't been officially confirmed that Zendaya and Beyonce are producing a film. It's going to be the third remake of Imitation of Life. And if it is going to happen... I will be one of the first people in the movie theaters. And I think it's a great time to release that movie and to find out in February, you know, I hope this rumor <laughs> is actually real. It's even great. Oh, because- uh, really, really quickly for those who don't know, what is this? What, what's this project? Like what, what yeah. is it about? So Imitation of Life is a book that was written by Franny Hurst and this, um, she's a Jewish woman. And this was 1933 and a year later in 1934, it got made into a movie directed by John Stahl. Imitation of Life is about a dark skinned woman who has a child that is so light skinned that she could actually pass for white. So what ended up happening was that she was looking for a job and she ended up you know, working for a white lady who was actually looking for help. Cause mm-hmm. to be honest, she's like middle-class, like she's doing her own thing, but she makes enough money to, you know, to hire, you know, some help. Okay, and gotcha. she has her own white daughter, of course. The issue with it is that the, her light-skinned daughter does not want to identify as black at all like she's so disgusted with being black that she was doing everything in her power to pass for white and of course the reason why she was so light-skinned is because her father was biracial gotcha okay yeah so her mother had actually explained which is you know the reason for her the almost passing is white because even her friend who is the white lady with her own white child she even assumed she was white too when she first you know Mm -hmm. met him and the first time I had heard about this movie was I was doing a show called The Blue Side by Toni Morrison. And our characters had actually seen the movie. 
And of course, you know, when you're an actor, they always tell you to research the time period, research your characters, research the roles. So I ended up watching the movie and it was very beautiful and it was very powerful. So the fact that Zendaya and Beyonce, which is a rumor that they could be bringing this movie back, I think it's wonderful because- I would definitely want to see that depiction because most likely we're going to get something more accurately depicted and true to what the story is. And this is actually a movie that is needed again. Oh, absolutely. Especially Mm -hmm. now, absolutely. I agree with you. And then, of course, you know, there are, you know, conversations about biracial people. But of course, for this conversation, we're focusing on Black biracials. This Mm -hmm. is a movie that would create a conversation because there are a lot of people who have children that are white passing, or for all we know, they do have children who have this kind of mind concept. Sometimes it doesn't come directly from the parents. It comes straight directly from the child in their environment or how they feel. So that's something that I would be one of the first people at the movie theaters. So I really hope this one is true. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um... (coughs) you okay? (laughs) (laughs) no problem and um on topic with that uh there was something else you wanted to mention um oh god what's what's going on with that case oh dante wright so for those who don't know the situation with dante wright this was about a year ago i believe 2021 or it was like late 2020 dante wright was a biracial African-American man who was killed at a stop. He was basically Mm -hmm. driving in the car with his girlfriend. A police officer who was in training, by the way, had stopped him because the reason why he stopped him is because the license plate were expired. And on top of that, he had, you know, those little tree air fresheners that you hang in your window? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That apparently, I forget what state this happened in, Having those on your in your car is illegal in that oh, state. I, I heard that there's some state, even if it's that or things that are dangling because it can cause a distraction. So they tell the drivers try not to have anything hanging. Because I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I drive in um, L.A. and I even have something hanging on my car. So depending on the state, um, yeah, you could get pulled over or cited for that. To be honest, I didn't do it that often. Like if I had an air freshener, I put it up, but I'm not going to even front. This case is the reason why I said never again. Literally, sad as it is, I'm never doing that ever for a situation like this. But he did end up getting stopped for those two things. They spoke to him. They ran his ID. And Mm -hmm. when they ran his ID, they said that he had a warrant for his arrest because he had failed to appear in court. And this was for Mm -hmm. like... uh, yeah, it was like a misdemeanor weapons charge. What? And wait for yeah. having that thing dangling down? No, 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 no. Like oh. they, like they ran his record. Like after they scanned uh, the license because it wasn't his car that he was driving. He was just driving a relative's car, mm-hmm. and the relative's car happened to have you know expired license plate. So you know when gotcha. they normally check your ID, they check you know your background. Absolutely. And okay. it, mm-hmm. and they found out that he had a warrant for his arrest because he had failed to appear in court for a misdemeanor weapon charge. And one of the things, I will be honest, I did not know this until I read a little bit more on it, that he also had a protective order against him from an ex-girlfriend. And some people are like, what's a protective order? To keep it clear, it's a restraining order. 
basically, from a previous girlfriend. So the officers did think, since he had his new girlfriend, they did think that the new girlfriend was the old girlfriend that had done the protective order. So, you know, they had done some questioning on her. So during the process, he ended up like trying to get away. Reason why is because they attempted to arrest him. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, he not gonna lie, he was trying to get out and all. So his supervisor, who is Kim Porter, the officer that ended up killing him, came to, you know, restrain him and such. So he ended up, while they were restraining him, he ended up going into the car and he drove off. But he really didn't get that far because the police officer, basically when he was attempting to drive off, the officer in training basically like was able to pull him out before they were able to actually drive off. So he took off running. Officer Kim Porter took out what she thought, she claimed she thought was her taser, which actually weighs lighter than a firearm, than the firearm that she had. She took out her actual gun, pointed it to his back and shot him. And he died right on the floor. I don't understand so, how, like, whenever I hear stories like this, how do you get it confused? Like, and that how? Was the con- like, what? That was a controversy. And it's funny because I have a brother that works in law enforcement. And, you know, now when I see these cases, I try not to jump the bandwagon. Like, right. I'll call him for certain cases and be like, can I know your opinion? Was this wrong? Were they in the right? And he basically told me at the time, he said, Catherine, there was no way in hell she didn't know what she was holding. He was, he was like, a taser weighs way less than a firearm. I think she's, she was BSing. She meant to kill Absolutely. him and she was using that as an excuse. Did this man do a crime? Yes, he did. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or anything like that. But how many times have there been situations like this where other counterparts have taken off running? He did not have a weapon on him. He took off running and that's grounds for him to be shot dead. That's grounds for him to be shot dead. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she claims she didn't know. She got arrested within 48 hours of it. And it's kind of funny. I don't know if I will post the mugshot. Maybe it's debatable. In her mugshot, she was even smiling. So how are you sorry? Yeah. How are you sorry for a crime? But yet in your mugshot photo, you're smiling. And this just shows how it is with police enforcement. Of course, most people are doing this call, oh, it's a black person on a white person, or if it's if the officer was black, you wouldn't no, 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 no. When black people say F the police, we're talking about all shades of police. Even the blue ones that are not existent. Because I never seen a blue officer in my damn life. When you find them, tweet at us so I can know what they look like. But one of the most controversial things about it is his mother getting backlash. Because, of course, they're saying he's a criminal, he's a crook, he's a thug, everything. But he's biracial. His mother is white. And his mother... Oh, it's this story. Okay, it's ringing a bell now. It's ringing a bell. His mother is a white woman. And she did speak about it in interviews about the fact that they did not need to kill him. I actually agree. They Mm -hmm. did not need to kill Dante Wright. And she was talking about how she's heartbroken because, you know, having a biracial son who basically looks more black than he looks white. He can identify however he wants to. The fact that he still became a victim of that kind of stuff, it's just like nobody's safe. And then people are telling her 
Maybe if you didn't raise a thug, he wouldn't have ended up like that. Maybe if you had taught him this, he wouldn't, oh, this is what happens when you marry a black man and blah, blah, like all this complete ignorant stuff. And it's funny because, you know, we were talking about biracials with the imitation of life. This is one of the things that has always personally bothered me, but I feel like this is something we'll speak about in a different episode of Mm -hmm. how we need to raise our children to be more aware. Yeah. Yeah. Of what's going on, because if they're more aware, maybe there can be a little bit more protection. So long story short, they did the sentencing yesterday. They gave Kim Porter two years for the murder of Dante Wright. And two years. Yeah. And Judge Cho, who is an Asian woman, who is a judge, her reasoning for giving her the two year sentence is, you know, stuff happens and police didn't know whether or not it, he was a threat or a danger. So, you know, it's sad what happens, but I don't think it's enough to like give her a, you know, a longer sentence, not her exact words, but that's basically it's, it's just what she was saying. And it's funny because this kind of reminds me of Kyle Rittenhouse. You're over here smiling. Like you just won candy in your mugshot, but yet here you are in court giving fake ass tears. You're not sorry. You're sorry that you could possibly go to jail. And the fact that you're still crying because she was crying about the sentencing saying that I'm so sorry to, you know, Dante's mother. I didn't mean to kill on me. I'm just sitting here. I said, girl, you full of shit. You so full of shit. Reason why George Floyd's killer said the same thing. And I remember telling family members, I said, he's full of shit. He don't mean that at all. He's just upset that he's actually going to jail for it. Yeah. But you want to know a follow-up to that? And I can tell you this in 30 seconds where he is. You know, he's now in solitary confinement as of six months ago. Oh, yeah. He he can't handle jail right now. He's (laughs) been trying to appeal it. Yeah, he's been trying to appeal his sentencing for months. And I'm just over here like, I thought you were sorry. If you're sorry, like, why are you trying to appeal your sentence? Why are you going buck wild in your jail, like in the jail? Like you used to be a police officer. What's what's going on? But you know what? I will rest my case there. But get this also about Kim Porter, Yasmin. What happened? Even though she's getting 24 months in prison Mm -hmm. for murdering him, if she has good behavior, she'll be out in 16 months. Oh, yeah. piece of cake for her. That's going to be a piece of cake. Shout out to you, Judge Cho. Maybe you have children and you don't understand what it's like to have your child killed. You know, it is what it is. I, I hope you, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's going to sleep well. So it is what it is. Me personally, if I was Judge Cho, I probably would have given her five to seven years for that. I'm not going to lie if I was a judge, but you know, yeah. Black lives don't matter. So I'm going to just send it there. It's mm. sad. And yeah. like I always say, I'm Black. It's just the world we live in. Mm. So, you know, people are going to justify, oh, well, at the end of the day, he shouldn't have had to charge. He had a protective order. He had this, which I do agree with you. I agree with all y'all with that thought. But my question is, how many times have people had those situations and they were taken in alive, no issue. I've literally seen a guy take off 
attack police officers with a knife. He stabbed the police officer, this man, <laughs> you know, because they show you crazy police videos yeah. mm-hmm. and they were able to arrest him. No issue. Dante Wright, unarmed, ran. Y'all are supposed to run after somebody who's taken off like that. You're not supposed to take a gun and just kill him instantly. But like I said, rest in peace, Dante Wright. I'm going to say his name. I just Mm -hmm. want us to do better as, you know, I truly believe in defund the police. And I don't mean defund the police by take their money away. No, take the money, give them new training new regulations like started Mm -hmm. from the ground up but there's so many corrupt like police departments do you want to know what the most corrupt police department in the united states is because it's right in our backyard yasmin oh lord you want to say go ahead the baltimore police okay that's what i thought yeah the most corrupt police department in the entire country and then comes the nypd and then the LAPD. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I'm going to end it there. I ain't trying to sound depressing, but I'm just going to end it there for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so we're uh, speaking of, hopefully it's what? more cheerful than <laughs> what I was talking about. Because, you know, you want to start with the good, then you want to start with yeah. the, you know, sad mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we gave you a little sandwich here. We started with the good. We started with the little, you know, median. It's like doing those interviews where it's just like, okay, it's time for me to tell you what you did good and bad. Something good, something good, something good. I like your hair. Something bad, something bad. You always come to work late something good something good i love your hat <laughs> oh man i don't know if this is good or not okay a couple of things uh it was my daughter's birthday after hobie happy birthday j-hope uh happy birthday <laughs> to my baby girl emily and um yeah but besides that so i decided uh for the birthday we went to go see the uncharted movie now for those who, i don't know what episode this was so if any of you guys are actually listening to us can let me know but i did talk about the uncharted series last season because i was super hyped super excited because those who do know or do not know i am into video games wholeheartedly and the uncharted series it's one of the most dearest games of my like teen years I guess you can say because it came out uh, the first one I played was in uh, PlayStation 3 I'm gonna be honest and so when I got the PlayStation 4 they wrapped up the last series with Uncharted 4 and so when I heard that they're making into a movie I was like stop for real I was so excited however with the excitement I do gotta realize in the history of like gaming movies I don't know why it's so hard. Actually, I do. I do. I do know why. Um, It's always hard for like uh, a a motion picture to depict a video game into a movie. And it's very simple. I, I really quickly. It's the immersion and it's the experience. You cannot take that away because when you're playing as any character in a video game you're experiencing it with them you are going through a journey with them the satisfaction of leveling up in each you know uh, a game or anywhere you go whether it's 3d platform or adventure game or whatever it is this is discovery so it's just like how can you depict what we've experienced in a video game 
into a, a movie. So it's the same thing with Nate Drake, right? Like in like Uncharted, it's almost like this Indiana Jones experience, right? And uh, that's how I've always experienced it. Personally, for me, everybody experienced video games in different ways. It's almost the same thing as like depicting a book into a movie, right? It's you're always going to have different immersions, different feelings, different what you imagine these characters to be. And you can imagine how you connected with the characters. And this is why some of the times, maybe like about 90% of the time, uh, video game characters can fail in a movie. I don't know, unless anybody wants to tell me, I don't know any video game uh, mo- movie related has been actually good. I can't think of the top of my head, but like, I like the Uncharted series, uh, you know, sorry, I like the Uncharted movie for what it is. You know, it gave me a lot of like, uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Easter eggs that I enjoyed, you know, I won't get into it uh, for that. Go watch IGN or Game Ranks for that. You know what I mean? Um, so like, I, I just, I liked it for what it is. Um, uh, there was a couple of things I was just like, mm, you know, I do have to agree. Again, I've been watching a lot of Charlie and I watched his Moist Critical uh, series on Uncharted. I do have to agree the closest thing to how we can depict the um, Uncharted series is that plane sequence because everything else is just like, huh? Okay. This is, this is the direction we're going to. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. So it's yeah. Also Tom Holland. (laughs) And then dude, I didn't even know this. Um, Antonio Banderas. He was in there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I was just like, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw that. I was just like, what? And then, oh my God, I forgot her name. The chick from um uh the new series of Sabrina the T- uh, Teenage Witch, you know, the one I'm talking about, the the Netflix series. Yeah, the one that released Sabrina. Uh-huh. Do you know like uh the sisters, the black girl? Yeah. Yeah, she's in it too. Oh wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like she's that they she was in you last season. Oh, I I love I love her. She's such a powerful, strong actress on its own. So hopefully I get to see more roles in her. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I got nervous when I saw Mark Wahlberg. I was just like, what, Nathan Drake? And I knew, okay, when I figured out what character he was playing, I was like, huh, okay. Which is interesting because it's like a different refreshed depiction because Nathan Drake was on in the video games in the elder spectrum and Tom Holland is really young. So I was just like, how is this like relationships gonna work? In some scenes, it did work for me. Others, it was just kind of weird. You know, they did have like some funny, you know, moments and stuff like that. But it was just, I'm just gonna leave it as I like it for what it was. That's it. Do not... I, I feel like this is something I do have to say, whether you, you're you going from a, a video game to a movie, a book into a movie, don't come in with high expectation. Come on, man. Don't do it. It's like when you wish your parents would buy you a dog for your birthday. That's too high, man. Come on, lower the expectation, okay? Mm-hmm. You're going to get a stuffed animal for a dog. Come on. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you were talking about, like, good video game movies that are just like, you know, Oh, do you know? I agree with the whole concept of uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to turn a good video game into yeah. movie, but what about Tomb Raider? See, I no? feel like Tomb yes, but you gotta remember Tomb Raider is 
is kind of different, right? Because what is it? Is it? It's a video game first, though. No, actually, if I remember correctly, I don't believe it was a video game first, unless somebody wants to correct me. Because I could have sworn like Tomb Raider didn't it come out in '97. Oh, I I do remember it being on the PS2 or the PS1. Okay. It was one or the other. I think it may have started on the, yeah, I think it was on the PS1. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The video game was first released at 96. Yeah. Oh, but I was close. trying to remember. I want to say like a comic or It was something. It was something. Anyways. Yeah. You're probably right. But I feel like the way they did it was a little bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, both good experiences. I enjoy the first one. I know a lot of people were like shitting on the second one. First off, we're not even gonna talk about the 2018 Tomb Raider one. I, I'm I don't even bother watching that one. Is that the one where she got pregnant? No, no, no. The 2018 version is the remake or the Tomb re- Raider movies. She got pre- you know, it's there are a lot of Tomb Raider movies. I'm I don't know. I don't know. Mm. But not to be negative, because I love John Leguizamo so much. He is such a pioneer and inspiration to me. But he even said it himself, that Super Mario Brothers movie was trash. It was terrible. You oh, remember- and you know, they're making, a, a, they're making a new, I don't know if it's a 3D, and Nintendo announced that they're making a, a movie. About yep. what? Mario. No, it didn't work in 1995 Listen, or six, and it's not going to work again. Do you know who's voicing Mario? Oh God, who? Um, oh crap, what's his name? Um, um, oh my God, Anna Faris, um, X Man. Jesus, why is my mind going blank? Jurassic oh, Park. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not gonna lie, I can't remember his name either. Wait, what the hell? No, no, no. This is no hate to him. We're not, we're not dissing him at all. It's just our mind is going really blank right now. This is really pissing me off. Like the guy, what? Oh my god, this is making me mad. Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Jurassic, no, Jurassic World, Jurassic, Jurassic, um. People, you know what's funny? I wouldn't be surprised if somebody is screaming um, at the computer or at the screen, and they're calling his name out. And it's like, dude, we're tr- we're trying to hear you. We swear. Day, I got it, Chris Pratt. Yeah, there we go. Chris He's voicing Pratt. Mario. Dude, it's weird. And then you have Seth Rogen in there. I don't know who the hell he's voicing. It's so just a weird get it. You know, I'm not even going to be messy because I already hear it coming. You guys aren't going to get an Italian person to voice Mario? Really? I'm just like, here we but, go. No, but here's the thing that we were, t- you know, uh, the community was discussing. Just like Link from The Legend of Zelda, these guys don't really talk. So how is this going to work? Like, how are, you know, how are you going to get characters that never spoke or said a few words or go like, you, you know, <laughs> you know, something like that. And it's just like, how, how do you make them speak? Like, you know what I mean? Because a lot of these characters who are mute, we kind of like, that's a whole different immersion. That's a whole different experience when we play characters, especially when they're mute, because a lot, for example, if we look at uh, Breath of the Wild, 
Um, I know you haven't played that, but I have in, um, if you read the diaries or people talk about uh, Link from a hundred years ago and stuff like that, and this is not a spoiler um, at this point, how have you not played this goddamn game? Anywho, so it's one of those things where everybody tells you from their perspective, how they remembered you, how, you know, Link was acting and, and that's how we got a lot of like the characteristic as these characters so when you start giving them a voice it's just like whoa you know like kind of weird but um, do you remember Jax yeah. game Jax no wait which one's that one? Oh my goodness it's an old game from like I think nine 2001 or so Jax had this oh my goodness I know somebody knows what game I'm talking about it was on PlayStation he had this like oh little, I didn't get to play a lot of PlayStation games I feel like I'm yeah. playing catch up, honestly. He had this like little weasel, like something happened to his cousin and his cousin fell in some kind of lava type of thing that really wasn't lava, some potion and he became a weasel. Oh. So Jax and his weasel cousin or friend had to like do these adventures to get him back to his human state. So it was really good. I think it came out with like three video games of that. The first two games, he didn't talk at all at all he would just <laughs> smile and look awkward and his character was kind of cute i always find it weird when you think a game character is attractive listen listen right game, now i have the hots for bayonetta so if you guys can go head over to my gaming channel i'm playing currently bayonetta <laughs> and my goodness that's a mama sota like <laughs> that's a real mama sota yo she got like guns as heels Yo, nice. I got her in the spinning move, and then she's like blasting them with the with the gun and the heels. Yeah, I'm in love. But yeah, the third video <laughs> game, he started speaking. They got a voice actor for him in the third video game, and I was Ooh. just like, of course, she would give him a really attractive voice. You have to, yeah, especially with the I way you're depicting it. I, you would have to. It has to have like some type of attractive voice. So true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Coming up next, uh, we have Miss Lovely Monroe coming onto our podcast. Yay, I'm excited. Hey guys, today we have special guest Lovely Monroe 88, also known as Sil Silkia. Silkia. Yeah, Silkia. Yeah. Silkia. Okay, when I see it in Spanish, I want to say Silkia. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. Silkia. <laughs> you know what, to me, you'll be Silkia. <laughs> it's so, so nice. I like to play it again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So Kia. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Hobie. I like to hear my name. I know. Hobie, if you ever watch this, her name is So Kia. I know. See, I can, <laughs> if you did that, I'd like. I know. I, know. Oh, I, knew he, I knew he wanted to get married. See, it would have been thinking, I'd be like, I knew he wanted to get married. He said my name. I knew it. Mm -hmm. I no. <laughs> Girl, I'm waiting for sugar. I'm mad, so sugar. Glad. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like we're so oh. glad we're here. Yes, I'll be very happy for the Listen, day. Listen, on the hand. next concert that BTS has in LA, my bitch ass is going to be in front row, and then I'm gonna have sugar everything. I'll be like, baby, notice me. And I told people, you don't even always have to be in the front row. I'm telling I you. I saw your no. TikTok. I saw your TikTok. Where, uh, what was it? The, the one where like Hobie, I think I was there on that day too. I was there, I was there for, uh, yes, yes, right, right? December 1st, December? 
No, 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 I was in day two and day four. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, I day came two out when that came out, yo. <laughs> day two was still, uh, uh, I didn't even realize when um, one of my mutuals uh, had one, like I said, talking about wonderful goodness of our army. I think we talk about so many, you know, horror stories, but we never really talk about how some army is really a community. And when we were, when the concert had just came out and there was the buzz about it, I had got a comment from one of like, you know, my, my supporters it was like, if I get a ticket, you know, you going, you going. So I'm thinking I'm playing it off. You know, you kind of like, yeah, yeah, we, like, yeah. You know what I'm thinking? Like people just like to say to consider. And when tickets went out that first day, now one, we were trying to get tickets. I was trying to get with another group and all of a sudden we couldn't get them. We just decided to hold off on that day. And all of a sudden I get another comment, like I got the tickets, we're going. And I went, oh, and then okay. when I said the video, cause then I'm thinking, okay, people playing with me. Then it's just kicking in. I went, and then she DM. I'm like, don't play with me. I'm flying. Don't you play with me. I'm about to catch flight. Don't you play with me. And then that it wasn't. So it ended up having. We ended up taking her day one. And this is when we got box seats. Day one. So she. Ended oh, up coming, I saw that. How were yeah, they? Yeah. So I was so happy because I was like, one, I want to be able to pay back something. You know, I'm yeah, like, wow, yeah. you paid. You wanted me to go. But when she sent me that day of where the seats were, literally, we were right where the floor. Like I was literally. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that was an experience I can't even get back to even see Hobie like that close for the first time. And then when you saw the, the, it was in the split second because no one knows that stuff is going fast. Yeah. You don't yeah. understand. They be pushing that thing fast. So all this stuff is happening within split seconds. You're just yeah. seeing slow-mo. And some of these things I didn't even catch until I'm watching the video like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it's just such a magical thing to know that Army has this type of community where we do look out for each other, even at the concerts. There are a lot of people who are alone, you know, who we mm-hmm. all, you know, centered I, yep. each other in the mm-hmm. community. And you really didn't feel alone when you are under a stadium like that. Even if you were traveling by yourself, you are never really alone. And it was just such a nice atmosphere to be around. I think we were all just so happy to see each other, really, after two years. Okay, lovely. I have to know. How did you first got into K-pop? Ah, honestly speaking, well, everyone knows the story. I got my heart broke. It was really the worst. It was really one of the worst um, because I think that one, I put all my eggs in a basket. I really did. Mm-hmm. It was really one of the things where it was like everything that I wanted and then all of a sudden it just turned and I just I didn't understand why it was happening and then I remember it was like my 30th birthday literally this happened like year 30 so I, want to, I like to call it chapter 30 um I knew of BTS um because I had a friend undergrad that was heavily she was black you know and it was around that time it was very unheard of she was uh uh I knew someone, she was like, she went to Japan. She even lived there. Um, she still like, we even connected each other on Facebook. It was like, when I got to send her all the stuff like from the concert, I told her, I said, it was because of you. The reason why I even know about them is because she introduced that to me. And I, I, I at, like during undergrad, I was like, nah, I already went through the whole boy, the you know band phase with Spice Girl, all of that stuff. I was like, I already oh, went through yeah. that. You know, you know, and I also for me at my age, though, they tell those are childish things. So you, you know what I'm saying? You, you leave that, you know, alone. And then getting into the segment, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Cause one, it wasn't my culture. 
And two, I was like, I don't want to impose on anyone else's culture. You know what I'm saying? Because I know how it is for people to come in, you know, into our culture, especially our industry and the music and, you know, not take it seriously. So I, I was like, hey, you know, I let people rock how it is, but I always encourage like, you know, seeing black girls. That was the first time I saw like black people in the chaos. I was like, you know, I've heard of anime, but I was like, whoa. But I passed it off because I said, I'm going to let my friends rock. And she would post on Facebook all the time about it. And I was like, hmm. And so it just meant on, on my birthday, we were on a cruise. And that's when the AMA, I think it was the AMAs that came or Billboard, AMA or Billboards. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's when they had performed for the first. And you, all you heard was, ah. And I was like, what the heck is everybody just, why is they like that? They were just girls are just on the screen. And I said, she said why is they like that? <laughs> Yeah, I had to post switch. Why is they like that? You know, but um, I had seen them perform and it was amazing. I thought I was like, wow, they really give a great performance. But still, at that point, I'm, I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like, I'm still give where it's due and then move on. And it wasn't until it was a situation where it just the relationship did not pan out and it ended very badly to the point where, um, I honestly and I tell people it's 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 not a wonderful thing to even want to be at that place it's a, sometimes it can be a shameful you know place to, to be at but I'm you know I'm happy because that's where I met them I told people I was really at the verge where I was that that day I did not want to live anymore I, mm. I was literally contemplating I was going to go it was it was like I I'm done that. I'm done literally mm. but I said let me go on Facebook one last time I literally said that so I'm going to go on Facebook one last time and we just look at something. And as soon as I, you know, put it in an intro, literally my friend is intro guide to BTS. Literally, that was the first thing that came up that she had posted a link. And I sat there and I said, okay, well, let me just look at it. I guess, you know, I don't feel like this is good. So that I might as well just indulge it. You know, it was one of the things I'm at. And when I watched it, it was one part of when they got to know, I was like, one rep, I was like, okay. But it was V. And when I Ooh, heard v Singularity, always, oh, that he someone, that, someone was playing Singularity in the background when they were introducing him, you know, about what he likes to do and all that stuff. But I went, what is that song? I said, uh-uh. Because -uh. as a Black girl, I'm, I'm deeply rooted in hip-hop, R&B. Mm -hmm. That is me. And then I said, why is this Korean man sounding like a Black man? There's no way. There's no way that he sounds like a black man and is soulful. And then Singularity, I I was on the comment section, scrolling, trying to find what that song was at, at this minute. I was like, what is this at five minutes? And I was scrolling, I found it. And then when I listened to the song, I immediately jumped. I literally, I immediately jumped up, got a shower, ran to my job, and put that on the thing. Was like, y'all, this this is not a black man. You know what I mean? <laughs> and my, my co would look at me like, this is not a black man. It was like, okay, Silk, this your day off. But I, I think after that, I went through like the word, people knew before, it was like the word, so even to the word, but I think after that, I never really looked back. It was really one of them things where I didn't feel that, you know what I'm saying, the relationship and the sadness. And I think I used, you know, BTS. I, I was like, I wanted to, um, they, they were teaching on being yourself and loving yourself. And then I'm also mm -hmm. a psychology major, you know, and I love that. I love the brain. And then when they started incorporating psychological aspects in their um, yep. themes and I was, and, and just to feel like their philosophy and to know what they were doing, it was like, I want to get behind that. Mm 
And then when RM did his UN speech, the first UN speech, it was one of those things where it triggered me to say, you know what? I love their music. I like where it's going and I like them as people and I like what they stand for. What can I do to help them because they're only seven people to millions of people? What can I do as an intricate part of this community, you know, now that we call it and that they see that they love so much and they care about it? What can I do to play my role? You know, in this in this thing, what can I do to help? And then that's when TikTok had came out. And then I was like, I, you know, for me going um, grad school, I was in psycho, was it in counseling? So my profession, I have clinical mental health and professional counseling. So then really getting to learn how to love yourself while going through this on, on you know, with BTS, I wanted to share that on TikTok because I went, if I'm learning these things, I wonder if anyone else feels the same way, or I wonder if anyone else is struggling like I am. So I use TikTok as a way to try to connect with other people and let them know we're all in this together and a lot of people were one it was unheard of let's see some you know people of color you know on these things saying hey we love k-pop because i was seeing more little you know black girls brown girls getting into k-pop and i was like wow i feel like they need to be represented in all areas and facets because too we're getting into a a genre where of course we are not even if you feel like the you know we cultivated the music but we are not accepted in it even, you know, as a person, you know, you know, a person of color, you're not even accepted for your color sometimes and being told that on a daily basis, it's a very hard thing, but we love the music so much because sometimes I don't want to be called, a, you know, a, a bitch in the hole all the time, or I don't want yeah. to always feel like I got to use my sexual energy you know what I'm saying, to get things all the time. There are just times where I did not want to be that all the time. Even though I love the music, that's not where I want to be at all the time to make me feel better about myself as a person. Not saying that it doesn't, but it's just, there's some times where I just wanted to kind of have some music where it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, love yourself. And then this one's like, you a bad bitch. You know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's like, I wanted the best of both. Um, and to see how they really are navigating the culture as well was like, okay, I see where y'all going with this. And then seeing how our community going into it has really embraced them, even in the hard times or helping them. It's like, I love this. The more and more I got in depth with it, the more and more I literally got not just to know the members, but get to know this community. I fell even more in love with, you know what I'm saying, with it. I really did. And to know that I got to connect with people because of that. And then it got to a point even last year, I had to do my own self-searching about my relationship mm -hmm. with BTS and this fandom because I said, I think I was coming in trauma bonding. So for me, trauma bonding, I treated everything in a trauma response. I even treated BTS and what they meant to me as a trauma response. And so when I was responding out of my trauma, it was like, you, you get these things where it's like, when I go back to it, it's like, okay, you really weren't healed at that point. But I think once I looked down and said, I no longer want to associate them with my trauma. I no longer want to associate BTS or this fandom, you know, or even K-pop with my trauma. So this year, I literally, I took some time to really get to know them again, but to get to know myself. Why am I here? What is the reason? What's going forward? If they never give you the resolve that do, are you still going to be here? It's those types of things. What is it, what is it that's drawing you here to this fandom? 
And when I actually dealt with what, you know, what really drew me there, now my relationship with them is completely different. And I think a lot of people can see that on my page, how I navigate videos and things like that, completely different because I changed my relationship with them. And I think a lot of us K-pop stands need to be upfront and honest about the relationship that we choose to have with them and why we choose to have these par paradoxical, or they call it the par paradoxical relationships with them. Why are we choosing to ride for them as hard as we do? Why do we attack someone as hard as we do? Why do we comment to someone as we do? Why? It's not necessarily them, but why are we doing it on behalf of them? And then when I had to learn that, when I, it was a very hard thing, very hard thing. Because even in some of my things I learned, I wasn't healthily loving them or healthily supporting them the way that I thought I was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I can say that my story is a bit similar to yours because I had gotten into the EDM scene in 2012 and it's crazy because February this month, 10 years ago, is when I started listening to music because I was going through a dark time. Mm -hmm. I almost got diagnosed with anorexia. That's how bad it was. Yeah. But that's a story for another podcast episode. <laughs> but so I've been in the rave scene come this year, like a decade, an actual decade. And it's funny. The first time I heard BTS, I didn't know who they were, but I saw them because I was at a festival. And you know how normally sometimes you go to like different concerts and they show music videos on the actual like tron as people are playing the music themselves mm -hmm. they had bts and steve aoki i forget what the song is called now with steve i was like wasted on me mic drop <laughs> yeah, yeah that's exact because it's an edm song so that's how i had heard about them originally because i used to follow this guy called well i still follow him called love life of the asian guy and he brought them to light talking about how People were being ignorant towards them because they were, you know, new and coming into the scene. People were calling them Chinese and such. Like, they were just being disrespectful. That was my actual first exposure. So when I saw them at the rave, I was just like, oh, that's that group that people are talking about that, you know, Love Life of an Asian Guy went, went through. Mm -hmm. And now, flash forward, because this was 2018, Flash forward to 2020. And of course, I'm at Yasmin's house and she's just mm -hmm. like, hey, have you heard of BTS? And I said, yeah, that's that, you know, Asian group. I'm not gonna lie, I said, that's that Asian group. And then she was just like, have you ever listened to them? And I said, no, do you listen to K-pop? And I politely said, no. <laughs> and she was just like, why? And I said, no, nothing, nothing. I was being really polite at the you time. You really were, I remember yeah. that. I was, yeah, I was, being really I was about so it. confused by yeah. why I was just and like for me I know exactly where she was gonna go yeah. with it so mm -hmm. it's the thing of so do you see it, it was like I, I was like mm, I yeah. don't go with that so it's, it's the part we go so that's a tool because they're like some people wouldn't understand I, like you said I don't understand but yeah. for me if me and her were having that conversation I said it it'd be like sis <laughs> Yeah, because what I ended up telling her, because she didn't push it just a little bit. So I basically told I her, did. I said, listen, I'm going to be 100% real with you. I don't listen to K-pop. I said, reason why, 
I'm not going to be a dumbass and listen to a genre of people that jack my style 24-7, that jack my music 24-7, and that they got the nerve to be racist to my community. That was the exact words I had told her at the time. So I just felt that it was hypocritical. And I feel bad because I have a really good friend who had tried to get me into K-pop since high school. And I'd been dodging that bullet. I'm like, nope. I almost had the opportunity to see Blackpink. <laughs> and I told this friend, I said, nope, for the same exact reason. So you ever see the movie A Clockwork Orange? Yes, oh my God, I love Clockwork okay. Orange. You know the scene in A Clockwork Orange when they take the guy and they show all these images and his eyes are yeah, like, wide. Eyes, just like oh, yeah. yeah, we can't sleep. Mm-hmm. That's basically the equivalent of what Yasmin did to me. She was like, no, you're not leaving. No, no, that she no, you're not leaving this no. house. Uh, yes, she did. She no. was like, you're not leaving this house. I'm going to play you some music videos. And the first song you played was <laughs> Okay, Orange. first off, yes, I didn't is. see it that way. Exactly. She doesn't see it that way. But that's literally what she did to me. Okay, but people watch. If y'all not, okay, Clockwork Orange. Okay, for little kids, listeners, uh, people don't understand. Clockwork Orange is, we, every, this is every psychology major's dissertation. Everyone know you really? are not a psychology major. You are not a psych major if you have not seen Clockwork Orange. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, like, that makes sense. You go into psych world and you, if you reference Clockwork Orange and a, and a person goes, huh? I'm sorry. That's not a good thing. That's not a good person because one, it was such, it's such a movie that's ahead of his time, but it's so mm-hmm. misunderstood. You have to watch it, it a couple of times. And two, I tell people it's not really for children or if you do watch it with your, if you have, please watch it with a, an adult because there are certain uh, images and there are certain topics, you know, and that they introduce in there and it's being done in such a satire type of way, but it's a very serious, it's some very serious issue going there but you kind of understand it if you under if you like satire and you like psychology but if you want to understand the mind of you know so if you really like that clockwork orange is a wonderful thing so when she's saying that scene it's like yeah she did the bts version of that and she was, listen yeah, listen i was just like listen i was being that one friend in my mind in my mind i i didn't know she was gonna depict me like that first off <laughs> yeah you better be tweaking right now because i'm gonna get your ass after the podcast <laughs> but i thought i came into it as like you know that one friend that won't shut the fuck up about that one thing and i was like listen listen and i was like let me one music video Okay, and then it was another one, and then it was another yep. one. Yeah, I thought that's what was happening, but apparently, yeah, I did that to my cohorts, and that's probably how they felt about it. So I'm probably gonna have to send them a nice letter now <laughs> and be like, I'm happy that y'all supported me how I did, because they would come over my house and be like, "Fake love this," and y'all know he did this. And da, 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 da. I'm, I'm gonna send a letter to my cohorts. Thank you. Yeah, she was doing it like music video after music video after music video. And then I start to like them. And then she was just like, which one's but your there's favorite? There's a positive ending in like, there. There's too many of them for me to like pick one out of nowhere. But I will tell you one guy that's been drawing my eye, the one over there. And then she was like, oh, that's V. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. It's okay. always V. It's you know what? It's so different. No, because a lot of people would say because she's a black woman, they'd be like, "Oh, your bias is now June, isn't it?" And it's like, "Oh, I've heard that." Please, mm-hmm. please. They always like to group the black cable, and it's some some part of it is true because 
I do need a lot of somebody came out there like that's not true but most of it's like we are not always now like a monolith to nam june it might you know those types of things i've seen black that are like b is just that's our b that's our boy and people don't know b is the one that pulled me in there's you don't understand that b is what pulled me in that is what that is what sealed it for me for bts v i said that's a, I, I was like that's a black boy that's right a beautiful there. man that's the black voice right there. And I said, he got the soul in his voice. I was like, I know he didn't been through some stuff. I know he didn't been through some stuff. And I love this. And so, and to see how their personality has been, it's a hard thing to navigate, as Catherine said, as a black uh, person, as a black individual in this genre, because it is a very touchy thing. Because if you're in it, you, you are considered a sellout. As a, even as a black woman or a black K-pop stand, you're selling out, um, you know, or I can't, it, it's one of those things where we get looked at, you know, you're crazy for even wanting to be in this. You're del- We've heard it. Why would you even support them? They don't even like you. They would never even want to even be with you. You know, they only think that you're good enough for this, but they would never, it's those things that we hear and that's hard. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I totally get it. Like BTS did change my perception. And I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say I'm a K-pop fan. I'm still mm-hmm. dipping my toe into K-pop music, but I love me some BTS. Like I love their music. I always tell Yasmin, Yasmin already knows what my favorite BTS song is in general, and that's Black Swan. I love that music yep. video. The fact that it hasn't had an award I just find that a freaking crime. Just like some kind of army. Let that go. I'm so sorry. Army's dropped the ball on that. We have dropped the ball on that because one, if people didn't realize, they put so much into Black Swan and they They meant it in order for us to really appreciate it. And people didn't understand Map of the Soul Seven during the interviews. Arm literally told everyone Map of the Soul Seven was meant to be a reboot for BTS. Their seventh year was meant for yes. Yes, if you go to, I think it was inside uh, when they were doing um, their press junkets, and I think it was either Access Hollywood or something like that. He told them, Map of the Soul 7 was a reboot for BTS. They did a lot. If you even see how they were, they're going through the journey of the soul. They were all going through their complex things. They were just showing everyone, we're going through our own journey of who we are. Mm-hmm. We had to go through our yeah. own thing. So here, and I told people, you want to talk about, they gave, and talk about mental health. They literally gave you an album to help you facilitate going through your own journey. And I think a lot of us K-pop fans just don't get it because why? We don't want to move on. We don't want our mental health to move on. We don't. And I think a lot of people need to like talk about that in a sense. I don't want to mean to cut Catherine off, but you go ahead. I'm like a hundred percent happy that you are mentioning this in regards to mental health, because I'm not seeking sympathy, but last month, Yasmin knows about it. My second mom passed away. My best friend's mom, like this woman was legit my second mom and she's Cambodian and Laotian. She's actually of Asian descent. And of course, one of the other songs that got me hip on that album was life goes on. And I find it crazy the day that she passed away, I was listening to Life Goes On in the car. And it made me think of my aunt, I mean, of my mom so much. And it's kind of interesting because I can't listen to that song as often now. Like before I could listen to it like nothing, (laughs) but now that, you know, she's gone, that song just reminds me of her so much. So now I have to 
listen to it occasionally, but I just think it's lovely how a whole different genre of music that I never wanted to entertain or give a chance could like affect my heart just like that. So I think BTS for that, mm-hmm. you know, and I understand where this whole thing comes from, you know, how K-pop fans can be very like protective, like the same friend that I'm talking about, <laughs> she's a Blackpink fan. <laughs> And she had posted, yeah, you remember that post? So she had posted, yeah, this was actually like three weeks ago about. So it's funny. She had posted, I'm a big fan of Blackpink, something like that. I don't understand what the hype is behind BTS. And I quickly scooped down there and I was just like, first off, V just became the number one follower. He just broke a record. I said, let's keep it cute. Let's keep it cute. I don't come for Blackpink. I didn't say that part, but I don't come for Blackpink. Let's keep it cute. So well, I think that's a beautiful Honestly, no, that's but, a great. No, I think that's a wonderful difference because it is. Let's say like, hey, I don't do that about we we don't do that here. We're gonna yes. celebrate. I think when it goes overboard when someone's like, well, die because da, da, da. Everyone has their opinions not everybody is going to enjoy you know what i'm saying bts music just like everyone's not going to enjoy we can even say like even with twice not everyone's going to enjoy twice's yes. music not everyone's going to enjoy dreamcatcher because they're so different not everyone's going to enjoy monster x i remember monster x literally gave us a whole english album not and only that they gave it. us multiple english album how have we not hyped them up as much as we did i was like wait a minute because we said still bumping Okay, yeah, I'm bumping what's up, but see, it's those types of things of um like I love what you said. Everyone protects their their fave, their fandoms, their way and how they have their reasoning for doing it. But I think a lot where it blurs the line is a lot of people don't admit the reason why why are you really protecting this? Because I tell people this when you are avidly going after somebody for you know don't bully the member don't bully the member here's the thing i get where people saying don't bully but why are you attacking it so passionately when that person really doesn't have that you know that that really proximity to Mm -hmm. you but half of it i say do you are you protecting them the way that you wish someone would protect you are you protecting them in a way that you wish or you're trying to put out there? I wish someone would protect me either in a situation where I had that they didn't, or I'm currently going through some things where I'm not feeling protected. So let me try to protect this person the way I want someone to do it. And I would love someone to just go at and all those, all those types of things. So I tell people when you are going or speaking on behalf of an idol, or when you're doing this, or when you're saying this, or when you are uh, defending something, why are you defending it in the way that you are? Not saying that you can't defend anything, because yes, sometimes you need someone to say, hey, stop that. But why are you going above and beyond to attack someone's image? Why are you going above and beyond to slander? Why are you going above and beyond to send death threats to someone? Why are you above and beyond doing all that stuff? Why? Is it because this is something where it's a trigger because you're not being protected in your area or you're not being respected in your area? It's not even protected. When you are not being respected, in your area and then you come into a scene where now you are respected sometimes people will take that to the extreme and now they become the the people who they don't that they didn't like they end up becoming the same type of people because why they never really stop and go you know what i don't like what this person's doing let me work on myself so i don't become that person 
But inadvertently, because you've been exposed to what that person's done to you, you still take on their character traits going forward. Is, is that type of thing. What I find interesting is that a lot of people seem to have a hard understanding. And, you know, again, TikTok can be a blessing and a curse, but it gave a lot of exposure. And I don't think a lot of people understand how K-pop began or how it became what it is today. Because, you know, I, there's lots of wonderful channels. I'll link them up, um, you know, in, in our description box in the, in the YouTube and then our podcast channel. And, um, you know, they go on briefly of the history of K-pop from like the 50s and et cetera, et cetera. However, you know, back in the 90s, late 90s in uh, Korea, that's when K-pop really changed because there was a group called, I might be butchering this, but uh, is it Seo Taji? Do you know what I'm I think, about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were the first band to literally tell people of Korea like, hey, you can uh, rap and make, you know, K-pop like a, a whole thing. And they were like, no, you know, because of the way the language is structured, like there's no way you can like rhyme and do all this stuff. So they got on NBC's talent show and pretty much they were like, we're going to prove these people wrong. So pretty much these three guys end up, you know, going into what's happening in uh, American culture mostly uh what is it the the hip-hop soul and you know they were seeing the way um they performed the way they were dressed some of the lyrics and stuff like that and they implement it into their music and this is what our standardized k-pop music it sounds like right and it's a bunch of genres because you have techno in there some of them got a little bit of rock but they all end up leading with rap in almost every song almost every song that you hear on K-pop today. And what I find interesting is that from that group, what we got like the big three, right? Which is SM Entertainment, uh, Y, uh, what is it? YG Entertainment and JYP Entertainment. Mm -hmm. Man, we could like to talk about them. We need another day. We need a part two. Lovely. If you want to come back for a part two, because you know, there's, I have videos all day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing, okay. So just to give a little bit backstory, uh, with this is, um, all the, the pretty much the founders created a formula in terms of them creating, uh, K-pop groups. Right. And then they have the, the, the trainees and, and how they perform and then, you know, doing choreography. But most of it stems from black music, period. And I don't know if you want to uh, elaborate with that, uh, Lovely, because, it, you know, when I first discovered it, because, again, I could think back of me listening to K-pop since 2011. And, you know, the first one that pops into my mind shiny shiny with the song replay do you remember yeah. that that was an yeah, emulation yeah, yeah. No, no. of one I love, I, I love it too but it's the emulation of the the what what was the original song in in america uh oh, geez now i'm having a, a buffer yeah. moment don't let my and, black card get rid of it i don't know what that is. <laughs> but pretty I know much what I hear. so me, of course, I'm, I listen to it as an outsider, right? Because when I first listened to it, even some of the music video, 
I didn't think nothing of it, right? It was a second thought for me, but it wasn't until a lot of like my mutuals started putting out this and that. And I was like, oh, snaps. And that's when I started opening the door, right? And then I was just like, oh, I didn't really know that a lot of these K-pop groups are really like, you know, taking some of the choreography, singing, and even like marketing themselves as what it is today. It's crazy. And when I mean what it is today, I'm talking about the way they dress. Uh, sometimes they want to emulate the AAVE. They feel like, um, you know, they have the right to say the N-word in some of the songs. They feel like they want to um, rap about a lifestyle. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. You can't stand one day out in the streets. What streets are you talking about? That, that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Because, you know, it, it wasn't it. When I started like realizing and noticing, and then I understood what you were talking about, Kat. Now, like I'm clicking. I'm sorry, my daughter is singing in the background. Oh, no. So no. I, I don't know if you can hear. I can't hear. No, I can hear anything. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. But like, uh, breaking character. But <laughs> anyways, um, the, the thing is, I never realized how rooted black culture was to k-pop because it's not it for me and for those who are listening and again this is going to be a visual i'm a white passing latina pretty much so does this really affect me probably not mm. probably think about it it's probably not going to affect me because i didn't see it until today mm. i never noticed it until today and i think it's very important that i do notice this because what they are doing essentially is harmful. Mm. You know, it really is. I don't care how you see it. And it's really sad because, you know, most likely when people hear us, we'll, we'll go ahead and leave a little hate comment in the comment section, right? Because they don't want to realize what really is going on. And it's just like, like you said earlier, Kat, you know, I don't want to listen to music where they can take from us and not respect us at the same time, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I can say like with my, my perspective, because I even thinking about it, sometimes you have to really kind of think about before you say something to navigate these waters, even as someone who, you know, is immersed in a culture, I still got to navigate and be careful. You know what I'm saying about how you, how you navigate this type of conversation, but when I tell people, even with that, how people even talk about it, when they even say people are still making K-pop as far as when they talk about it culturally, still the center of it and still don't center black culture in that when they say, well, these, like you're saying, this is created by, not inspired. So you see to not even not have Korea not acknowledge, you know, black music in, in K-pop, we have to actually go back. And part of this is most of us who are international armies, especially American armies, those who are non-POCs or even, even non-black, so when we say BIPOC, black POCs, a lot of other non-black POCs don't and necessarily want to um, address this because to address um, the overshadowing of black voices and black culture in K-pop, you got to address the overshadowing of black culture in America in general. 
this is something that is not new. When they say this is something that is not new as far as when Catherine was saying, taking our culture and profiting and not giving the, the just full respect to it. Because I feel like you can do anything. When people say, well, I can't enjoy music anymore. Yes, you can. And one thing about our music, it's been so heavily, it's been so uh, massively shared across the world. Um, to a point where not saying that we don't want people enjoying our music. We love have black joy is wonderful. People don't understand black joy is wonderful and telling our stories is amazing. And we want people, that's why we're rapping to a song so you guys can really kind of get our story. Cause if we actually sat down and talk with people if we just talk to you about our pain and talk to you about what's the times and how that affects us in our perception you wouldn't want to hear that because it's too heavy. Now we have to put it in a way where it's a little palatable for you to kind of hear us. But the thing is, when we deal with what the music industry was in America, we got to think about it. What, the, what was the music industry for Black artists back then in the 50s, the 20s, the 50s? If we want to think about Black music has been overshadowed so many times. And we, that's the same reason why a racist person back in the 50s could listen to a race record, could listen to The Temptations, could listen to The Marvelettes. Because why? As long as it was entertaining them, we were only seen as a commodity. And a lot of people need to see this. Black culture in America is only seen as a profitable commodity. We are only mm -hmm. seen as entertainment. And how dare us actually show you that our entertainment, no, this is actually our life. How dare you actually say that that's your life and you don't want to entertain me because you're actually just trying to, I'm actually trying to tell you this is what it is, but for me, how dare you not put it in an entertaining way? How dare you not palette it for me? Because why? That means I would have to be involved in your in your life in order for me if i have to listen and consume your music if we know the origins of what hip-hop was rooted in but then again we need to know as far as the industry we think about elvis excuse me when they talk about elvis he had these great hits you ain't nothing but a hound dog that's not his song he lived, this is what happened all the, yes but this is what happened if you think about dream girls people just thought dream girls was just an entertaining movie they were literally telling you exactly what happened back then during that when they had when they called them race records um i got was me it ray, not, ray charles was not allowed to um even perform in Georgia for years because of what happened with the civil rights. And he said, I do not want to perform in the South and I have white people consume my music, but I'm not good enough to even be seen at the restaurant with them. I'm good enough to entertain you. I'm a wonderful person, but then again, you still need to know your place as a black person. They had all these moments. People had even entertainment, like had all the, this money, accolades. We even have black women who are in the, the movie industry. We, we just talk about the entertainment. Black people were seen as entertainment. And when we come even with our roots of enslavement, I'm sorry, because a lot of people, when we talk about this, then we got to go to there. And remember, everyone's saying that was such a long time ago. Get over it. But here's the thing. The reason why we have hip hop is because of those things. If we think about the grassroots of slavery, people don't understand our Negro spirituals. When everyone calls them Negro spirituals, what we do is it's called call and response. A lot of people weren't in, the, when we were in the fields, a lot of people were talking about they were so happy singing in the fields. No, they were giving instruction in the fields. I don't, I don't, I don't see how you thought that they were happy slaves singing, I'll soon be home out this body. You wanna know what it is? They thought we were singing zippity doo dah, zippity day, my own oh my, what a wonderful but day. That's what now everyone's singing how whitewashed their history really is. And to to uncover all of these truths mean you have to relearn some things. And when you have to relearn some things, then you are not the the power. 
You're not the power anymore. You're not the expert anymore. And why in society, and that's not just a race thing, that's just human nature. Everyone wants to be the expert. Everyone wants to be that person that goes, I have the answers. Come see me, I have it. But no one wants to ever be wrong about, wait a minute, what I thought, because why? That means you participated in some things inadvertently, you participated in some things that you didn't, that, oh my God, if I really would have known, I wouldn't participate that now I'm ashamed of it. And instead of actually going forward and saying, you know what, I'm ashamed that I did that. Oh my God, let's try to work on it. You will defend it because why? You don't want to go there. So when we talk about the music industry, when we talk about hip hop is really birthed from that call and response when you saw real world workers and they were going, ah, da, da, uh, and they were saying they were they were singing and then they had everyone respond back to them you know like those are those things like do you understand what I'm saying do you understand the instructions that I'm giving you to run away and so then when we segued into the 80s when you segued into the 70s and the 80s and when you went into Sugar Hill Gang but see that's the one thing about K-pop when you think about these idols especially these rappers I want to get in the room with them because it's not so much as chastising or you're taking my culture no how much about my history do you know? As far as if you love rap music, how much about my history do you know? Do you know the origins of rap? Do you know the origins of Sugar Hill Gang? Do you know why rap, hip hop? No, and it's not even rap. Actually, do you know the difference between hip hop and rap? Do you know? There is a huge difference. And I can tell someone who loves both if I say, do you know the differences between hip hop and rap? Which one do you like that? Which one do you prefer? Do you know the history? Because then you have to start with hip hop first. You had to start with New York. You'd have to start, why was hip hop prevalent? Because why? We were talking about things that were going on in our community that no one was listening to. Drugs was rampant in the 80s. Gangs were rampant because drugs was being pumped in the community. Gang wars and violence, in, in the, even in the boroughs in New York, they were being put in un you know, some unlivable conditions for, for a Black person to even live in. And it was, was that sometimes it makes me wonder, you know, how can I from going under? You know what I'm saying? When he's saying, don't test me because I'm close to the edge. That's not just a, a thing he's saying. Right now, I'm a ticking time bomb because I'm angry. I'm angry that as a Black person that I can't move up in the society. I'm angry because the society is deeming me as a, a demonstrative person. That I'm angry because my children don't have the same type of... Um, the same type of afford, uh, privileges as other people do. I don't have that. The only thing I can do is sing my pain because that's the only thing people understand because why? It's entertaining. You can understand a song. You can understand the feeling. But most people, because like you said, you're not of it. Of course, I'm not of it. I don't understand the significance of when that person sings that song, like R&B artists. When mm -hmm. that R&B artist hits that note and when she sings her pain, you see Black people stand up and going, whoa, we are not standing up because why? She sang a good note. No, that woman put that thing in that note. That pain I can hear when she said, you broke my heart. I should have just been there when she was sitting there on the floor and that man walked out the door. I know exactly what that feels. That's emotion. That's feeling. And the reason why people can't understand it, because why? If you've never been, if you never understand the history, remember I said people want to be historic, but never understand history. People want to be historic, but you never want to go back and go, what has been done in history? to make me be historic in this point, because in one, you might be thinking you're historic for doing the same thing, it's just in a different package. And that's the one thing that we're seeing in K-pop with this stuff, it's the same thing. As we're saying, we're fighting the same thing. It's just in a different package. And unfortunately, these idols and the industry could have a wonderful opportunity to learn from us.
a wonderful opportunity to actually culturally sit down with us and say, you know, what is the significance of this and how can we improve to make things better? We want to be a guest here in, in your culture, but we want to still partake of it and be, you know what I'm saying? One, you know, we, we, we just want to be able to champion and uplift. And I hate putting people, you know, like this, but everyone talks, I'm from Detroit. So everybody know Detroit town, Eminem is our boy. And so you saw recently with the Super Bowl, that was a lot of controversy. Yeah. Everyone was saying, did he take a knee for Tupac or did he take a knee for Colin Kaepernick? And the people are understanding like what happens, but people don't understand. Eminem still understands he's a guest within this culture. And he is appreciative to a culture that took him in, Dr. Dre, who took them in and actually mentored him. And the thing is, Detroit people always go hold people accountable. One thing about it is, I don't care who you are. You ain't going to do that. You're not going to do that around here. So honestly, Eminem, as far as allyship, what happened at the Super Bowl was the perfect example of what that meant using your platform and appreciating the music that got you where it is. Because he even addressed it in his little satire. I use black people saying I use black tube music to get myself wealthy. Hey, I do. But more people didn't think about his where he was from. Where is it at? But even where he's from, he still doesn't use black. You know what I'm saying? As a way of that's just who I am. No. He still understands the importance of, I understand that this is a culture that's given me so much, but I'm still not a part of it. And I can understand how my whiteness yeah. can sometimes be a trigger to people. But people understand, Eminem was never rapping for us. Eminem was never rapping nope. to us. Yep. He was it rapping. Was, yeah. And but no one ever thinks, Eminem was a huge troll to even his own people. He was literally <laughs> trolling his own yeah. people. <laughs> this man literally told the president of the United States, F you, twice, like, who? <gasps> What are you I saw talking about? Cipher. <laughs> I remember yeah. that cipher. I remember that. It was fire. Uh, it was fire. Yeah. So a lot of people don't understand. We're not trying to take away um, our aspects of black cult, you know, in the K-pop. Actually, we love it. As you can see, some of us black K-pop, so we love it. We even put black characteristics on some of the K-pop to make ourselves feel more, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow, they do this, yeah. they do that. It's those things that we just want to sit down with them and go, hey, we want you to have an understanding so you don't um, offend anyone. Because why? We do have other people in our community who are not in the K-pop who don't understand. So the minute they do something out of line, the thing is, some of us, we're saying we're Black before we're K-pop stands. I'm Black before I'm a K-pop stand. So then you put me in an awkward position that I, I got to choose whether this or that because if i say that it's no we, we can figure it out then i'm a sellout but then if i say no i'm black then all of a sudden no you did all this other stuff blah 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 you're not giving them a chance this this and that here's the thing most of us said we want to give them a chance we want to have a conversation but sometimes our own fandom and the people who are not of the community who don't have the experiences need to step out of the way sometimes. Sometimes people can take a little chastisement. Some people can take some constructive criticism. Now, always, even in our own selves, there's a way that we constructively criticize. There's a way, you know what I'm saying? And one thing our community, we have gotten, you know, people like, yo, we can, we can, we can hold these idols accountable, but you don't have to do that because now that's making us, is making an even, you know, bigger issue for ourselves. We just want them to be accountable. And then we told people, Actually, some of these examples, some of these, these events and instances that K-pop idols have offended culturally appropriately, not just in the Black community, would have been solved sooner had people have just stepped out of the way and said, you know what? 
that's not my area. I'm gonna let them go ahead and take that because there's plenty of times, you know, that there's been cultural appropriation outside of the other groups that have said, hey, we don't like that they did this. You know, Muslim, I don't like that they represented, you know, our gods this way. I don't like that they represented our culture this way or the way they wore this. I don't like it. You know what I say? You know what? I, that's not that's not the conversation that I need to be in. But you know what? I'll support you because if that's how you feel, because I know how that feels, but that's not my way to step, but I can boost, I can help. Half of these K-pop stands do is they interject where they don't need to. And now it's creating an even bigger thing because now we can't even focus on the idol. They get away, scot free, they get away. Yeah. Now we're doing these surface level battles with each other instead of saying, hey, let's address this. Let's give them the necessary tools and education and let's move on. But half the time we don't hold them accountable for their education. A lot of them say that they're educating themselves, but they never show us their education. And it's only been on one account, I think it was either ATs or NCT. Um, one of someone can, you know, in the comments and, and can tell me it was either ACT, uh, it was NCT or ATs where it was um, with the with cornrow situation. And oh, they put yeah, it yeah. on, on Twitter, I think it was either ATs or NCT put a whole thing on their Twitter uh, page. It was a whole, uh, it was a whole line of what they thought, you know, their education of what they learned from this and this and that, what they did. It was literally a whole thread of that. They did, they made sure themselves that they were like, okay, we understand yada, yada, yada. Now, whether people choose to do it again, that's on them. If they choose, choose to do it again, then we know you really didn't care in the first place. But there are artists that, that have been held accountable that went, okay. And it's not just so much that they said an apology. They just sat there and made a video apology. No. Years later, they're still holding themselves accountable. They're still trying to make sure that they don't do, you know, X, Y, Z. And that's the only thing that we're calling for. But half of these things is I think about these companies are setting these idols up. These companies are setting these K-pop mm -hmm. idols up because yep. you know better. You can have a cultural diversity team. And a lot of people don't understand that. Even for a different world. I don't know, Catherine, if you were like a different world or a Cosby show or things like that. Yeah, I, but sometimes I, I have to ask. Not all black people the same. Not all black people the same. Not everybody has seen that. But um, as, much, as much as people feel about Bill Cosby, I mean, however people feel about Bill Cosby, you know, yeah. you are rightfully so how you feel. But um, not to take away from his work of what he did for the Cosby show in a different world, but people don't know. Every episode before it went out and aired in front of a live audience, it was actually seen by, he actually had social um, anthropologists, social psychologists, black social psychologists. Yep. He had them literally run through the whole um, episode and look and literally nitpick pinpoint to make sure that there was really no negative depictions of black um culture anywhere there's no black stereotypical things even in the colleges how they represented greek life how he literally made sure that it was not overstepping you know what i'm saying what the issues were in black culture it was giving a really good realistic depiction of what was going on but he had experts before it even went out that's what made each episode so powerful ahead of his really time. did Every time he has someone looking at it going, well, maybe people could take it that way. Maybe if they looked at Black culture this day, they may look at Black culture negatively because you look X, Y, Z. Why can't these K-pop companies actually think about it? If you already know the basis of where you're inspired by, you should be employing the people who you're inspired by. But half of that is you're doing the same thing as they do here in America. You are whitewashing. You're whitewashing it and then making it seem like, well, we created it. 
And then you're giving it to unsuspecting people who really don't know too much about our culture. So why? They're going to believe what you're doing. And then when we come, we look like the big bag wolf and going, no, because why? People are necessary. And two, we have to think about it. Our fan base is very young. Most of them are yeah. not developed yet in their frontal lobe. So one, you have to be careful about how you present things to them because why? They're not going to know the complexities of that, you know, studying history. You're trying to tell an 11 year old, do your history. All they're gonna know is what you put in front of them and say this and this and that. And you have some of those teens that go above and beyond and do it. But most of the time, even as some of us adults, we don't wanna go through all of that. Okay, I'm gonna just take your word from it. Why would you sit up there and do that then? Why, why? But no one ever thinks about it. Okay, if a lot of people say the same thing, something's gotta be in with that. But a lot of people, here's the thing, we're not even defending you. You're defending what they mean to you. You're not even defending the culture and you're not even really trying to hear how offensive it is to someone. What you're responding out of is you're trying to take something away from me. And a lot of K-pop fans need to be real about that. When people think about you're attacking the idol, you're trying to take that away from them. No, what you're saying is you're trying to take away my right to enjoy it freely and not have to think about the responsibility of where True. it was required by because if i think about that now i got to think about the history especially if you are from a k-pop stand from america huh you see what's going on wrong we don't even want to talk about critical race theory we don't even want to address that in our own history we don't even want to address our own history here in america Preach. we don't even want to so one when you have k-pop stands that don't even want to address their own history don't even want to ask their parents where they were during the civil rights movement, during Jim Crow. You don't even want to ask your grandparents, where were they? What type of music were you enjoying? If you were enjoying the temptations, were you segregated? Did you go to the colored side, the white side? Did you, did you join in with the other color when you was, when you was doing the temptations? When you're enjoying their music or were you sitting over there going, we, well, that's, we, we don't like going in that town, that town. We don't like to ask our people there because why? We don't want to know what the answer is. And one, we don't want to address it because why? It's not original, which means our quest to be an original, to be the first, to be this when we are not in our own lives is shattered, which means you shattered us. That's basically what I feel about that. So I'm actually glad that you had brought up Eminem because notice Eminem has never one time said the N-word in his lyrics. <laughs> but we can tell there are a bunch of artists that are not black that have said it and of course a lot of people forget that Eminem is the most lyrical rapper literally it's been proven he's the most lyrical rapper but I'm actually glad um lovely Monroe that you had mentioned Afrobeats earlier in the conversation because I'm actually African-American my parents are from Gambia oh so, yeah, which is in between Senegal. So, you know, Senegambian up in here. <laughs> so growing up with those two worlds, you know, you could see like the culture clashes and stuff. So I got into Afrobeats in 2017, making this story really short. I was at a Christmas party at my aunt that we go every single year. And the first song I ever heard was Kid Come Closer with Drake. So I was like, oh, who's this? And then my aunt was just like, how are you an African child and you don't know who this is? And I was just like, what? She goes, that's Wizkid. How you never heard of Wizkid? And I was like, okay. And she was like, do you know who Burna Boy is? I was like, no. And she was just like, how are you an African child and you don't know Afro beats? And I was like, a little embarrassed, but I was like, oh, okay. 
So I started listening to Afro beats. And of course you extend your time. Like you got Tiwa Savage, you got Temi, then you got Temi because a lot of people get those, it's the same name, but with an N and the other two different artists. Then you got Tiwa Savage, Brana Boy, Platinum Diamond. Like I can name like, and then the Pioneers, P-Square. They wanted the Pioneers of Afro. Oh, you know P-Square? And- I have my whole list. You over there, girl, I said you my list. I said you my I see you. So I feel that there's a little bit of like similarities and parallels to K-pop because once again, I was watching videos of, you know, people from Korea who I guess are American like me or from other different countries like Europe. And they're showing videos of people who are not black talking about K-pop and they're saying the most ignorant things. And one of the things that most of them were saying, like, I think it's a beautiful thing that a lot of people are coming into K-pop and they're they're trying to learn, but it's kind of getting annoying and offensive because y'all are doing too much. And I see the parallels with Afrobeats because back when I started getting into it, I started playing it for my friends. Like, you know, when you're at the party and everybody put their Mm -hmm. iPhone in and it's like, you put yours in. I was playing WizKid. I was playing Tea with Savage, but the reactions were like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. nobody was into it. But as the years went by and the genre started getting popular, it seems that every Black American is now on the Afrobeats train. Yeah. And, you know, me being from that world, I understand where the Korean, you know, South Koreans are coming from because I see it hypocritical because you got black Americans, if I were to say right now, oh, you know, you originate from Africa. I'm not African. Yes, you do originate from Africa. Don't tell me that crap. You ever thought of looking up your ancestors, maybe doing ancestor DNA, why? To find out what country you come from, at least region. I don't want to do that dumb shit. Ooh, play essence. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I saw one post which, I cannot relate to this more where a person, this was an African guy and he wrote, it went viral where he said from African booty scratcher to, oh my God, can you play Essence? So yeah, it's yeah. because so many black Americans are getting into WizKid. They're getting into Burna Boy. They're getting into Tea with Savage. But if I come to them right now and say, why don't you take Ancestry DNA? The fuck is that? I can help you pull mine up. I already got mine. but i I like what you said is is in one as one so a lot of people even with k-pop and not and this is one thing that we're trying to tell even um non-black pocs we even in our own community have our own thing that we need to kind of like get with each other you all are it's a sense of non-people are not understanding we still have our own diaspora thing that we have Mm -hmm. to think about there are a lot of um like you said African, you know, they're like, Africans are saying, hey, you are a descendant of African. And a lot of people want, no, I'm not. But half of that is too, some of us that are African-American who want to embrace being African or what that means, but being told, that's not your culture. I don't understand why y'all are trying to come into this thing. That's not it and not being accepted. So one, there's miscommunication on both parts because mm-hmm. it's like, one, I'm so sorry that we had African-American kids make fun of African, you know what I'm saying? One, you should never make fun of someone that looks like you. To have that type of narrative put on someone who just comes here in this country, 
you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. That's not a thing. That should have been a thing of embracing like, hey, you know what it is. But sometimes there are certain, you know what I'm saying? Not all, but there are certain people within the African diaspora that comes in with this little arrogance of we are the cousins that got stole. You know what I'm saying? We are the ones that are stupid enough to be, you know, in there. And so it's a superiority complex of at least we're from the motherland. We didn't get our culture taken away from us. And but some of us African-Americans are going, I'm actually kind of sad by that because I would love to have that and not be associated with slavery and that type of ridicule. I would love it. But then again, we have to look at Africans and going, hey, I understand that we have our history, but so do y'all because y'all still being governed by a lady in, in, in England that came down and said it's a commonwealth. If you're African, why are y'all speaking French? You know, those types of things. It's a lot of things that we're like, one, if we really saw about it, why are we fighting on these surface level things? If we all come from each other, then why can't we share? But even then, we still have to acknowledge African-American, African, those are still two different cultures in a sense of we had to make a culture and Trojan horse it in something else and make it our own. So therefore we could have some type of connection to it. One thing, we were just trying to connect to it is and it may seem like it's the, the most outward part, you know what I'm saying, of it. But then again, people are just trying to connect to something that they don't really know, but we just need to, you know, figure it out. But half of it is too, we need to understand going into African culture, we are still a guest in that too. I don't like, know what it is, you know, the difference between. Because I've made this statement and I don't know how you're going to feel about this, Lovey Morel, because I hate to be that person. I said what I said. Mm -hmm. I have made the statement to Yasin in the past that I truly believe out of every single race of people, Black Americans appropriate African culture the most. And that's where I think it's hypocritical. Like I was stating earlier, you like the music. You're also quick to get on the internet. Oh, I got the Senegalese braids. I got the Bantu knots. Y'all are so quick to do these styles. But when I come up to you and be like, oh, the Senegalese twist. Oh, mm -hmm. let me tell you about Senegalese. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. To me, it's the black version of seeing a person who's not black going up to them mm -hmm. with braids and go, oh, you like braids and stuff like that. So let me tell you, no, no, no. Nobody's yeah. so, like, I'm not copying you. This ain't got nothing to do with okay. you. And it's like, and so it's, what's the, yeah, it's a two-way, but I tell people it's yeah. always a two-way. Because as an African American, sometimes we look at African people going, "Why are y'all saying the N word?" To why are y'all saying the N word? Some of that was half of the thing is why do you feel like you get to say it? and see if even then it's the thing of because you're black, we I get to say it because I'm black. But half of it is like you didn't have that history of African American culture. But then again, even rap, we can even talk about Africa. Like honestly speaking, the beats are a lot different than rap, but now you see a lot of Africans going into the rap segment in a sense of, well, that's it, because I'm I'm originator. I'm the originator, so I should be able to rap, but that's not, it wasn't birthed and originated like that out of Africa. It was birthed and originated something out of Africa. So the same way could be said for African-Americans looking at Africans going, you're kind of appropriating our culture too, but you're Trojan horse in it the same way that white people do in the thing of, well, it's enjoyed by everybody. So you shouldn't even have nothing to say about it. It should be enjoyed by everyone. So then again, we're trying to say, in a sense, we want to respect where African, I, I, for me, just me, basically, I respect how, where you all are coming from as far as, and I'm going to think of, teach me. If I want to be, if you're saying those single East twists, okay, instead of saying, I want to say it, they're single East twists. They come from this, they come from that. I'm very proud of that. But half the thing is you have certain Africans that don't want to acknowledge that they too come here and benefit from African-American culture but then they don't want to see it that way. But it was it was a turn up. Now I've seen so many proud first, like 
immigrant African, those those children that come from the immigrant that were born here. I've seen a lot of now you're proud to be African. Because half of the thing was when we, we went to school I'm proud with that my parents made me proud and prideful from the yeah. jump. And I've gone to school with kids who are just like me because you know, when you go to school, sometimes you see the Latin kids or hang out with each other. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what country they're from because they're familiar with it. You see the Asian kids get together, it doesn't matter at the time, it's because they're familiar. Mm -hmm. But for me, once I saw another African and I was like, oh hey, da-da-da. Don't call me. No, I'm not African. My parents are what yeah don't i didn't understand that i don't under I, and that's what it confused me but you do see the confusion of an african-american when we talk to other kids are there and we're like oh yeah no no because here's the thing we had to say everyone was scared to be sent back home but then now everyone was talking about they love africa at home but you don't <laughs> want to go be sent back and i was confused because i was like oh, when you want to go back home see me being the stupid naive person i'm like wouldn't be when your parents send you back that home was because surprise. you love it <laughs> Oh, oh, see, for me, it was like, I never knew. But when I was younger, I didn't think, I was like, yeah, but they're like, that's a threat. But then I was like, but, but I thought you were happy. But I, I don't, I'm so confused. But for me, it was the confusion of everyone's proud to be something when it's time to be proud. That's even like African-American culture. For us, sometimes we don't want to be African until it's time to be proud to be African-American. And now Black all of a but it's a, but it's a book it's not even an African but see here's the thing we're still doing African African American thing sometimes this is a black thing we still have to think about we still have to decolonize even how we relate to each other because most of the time we're responding out of white supremacist responses and we have to think about even the white supremacy even within our whole community that has been pushed through it because that's in our lens sometimes when we are raised in America we have to say that we are raised in a very racial society we have been raised, you know what I'm saying, to navigate race in the way that we do. So honestly, when we were taught about Africa, we were taught about the negative depictions of Africa. It was very 10 cents a day and in the, the Sarah McLaughlin's and all this other stuff. We didn't know about the rich houses and things like that. Just like people in Africa thought we were always just in gangs and drugs and that. And so being surprised that you see African American being a doctor, you know what I'm saying? Oh, because most people say, if I'm a doctor, you think I'm African. If I said I was a doctor, oh, you're African parent, or you were you? I'm like, but I'm African American. I'm proud. Thank you. Do you know how you know many times? Saying, yeah. Do you know how many times I've heard that comment? You speak so well. Where are you from? You African? Yeah. Or they'll just say, where are you from? And I'm just like, oh, you know, I was born in New York, raised in the DMV, but you know, my mom and my dad, they're both Gambian. That totally makes sense. You want to know why I went to school with Africans and they all had these great jobs like doctors and accountants and they're so well educated, different from, you know, the black people here. And I'm like, they said different. What? what? I, I literally had this like... conversation two months ago with somebody, but this wasn't, that was a new one for me. Different <laughs> yeah. from the black That's not new for me, here. but it's so not. Now it's, it's new for you, but it's not new for me. They mm -hmm. literally said, that's the reason why you're so educated, because your parents are African. And I'm just like, what? And I told my stepdad about this, because my mother's a widow, and she remarried my stepdad. And I remember having this conversation and my stepdad's an accountant and he said, you'd be surprised how many times I've talked to people who are not black and they told me that same thing. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Gambia. Oh, that makes sense. Why you speak so well and you educated, you went to Howard University. Totally makes sense. It's so a way for me, if I, say, I, I have a master's degree as a black girl, they go, oh, 
See, you, I get the, <laughs> the mm-hmm. or I say, I've traveled to Europe. Oh, I've, I've been able to travel to Europe and they go, oh, mm-hmm. oh, and it's that thing. So when you think about our society, we all have been raised in a white supremacist society to look at each other very different. And that's not even African-Americans. If you think about Afro-Latina, like the Afro-Latina community is really fighting for its life because yeah. of the fact that the matter is no one wants to acknowledge the blackness and no you know wants to even incorporate that they are black just because they speak another language and they look they're black just like anything else but if you can see where we are if people but once again we have to put history into this history is synonymous even in music and anything and how we relate and the history of it of why we don't relate so for me i'm i'm as an african-american you know hurt the woman and that doesn't suffice to speak for a whole community but honestly speaking I'm I feel unfortunate that these things have to happen between diasporas between Africans and African Americans because we have such a such a powerful opportunity to come together and not only for African you know to teach us about a cultural and a history that was taken from us and one that might put some sense as to why we do the things we do because one when I'm doing documentaries and I see like, was it uh, High Off the Hog? Wonderful. Oh my God, you watch that? I can't yeah. wait for season two. I love it. I cannot it. wait because it showed me episodes. It showed Ooh. me a lot about my culture that I didn't know. But two, it actually addressed the whole of were certain countries sorry for their role in slavery? Were certain, you know, and to see what they were very, very like, no, we're sorry for our role. We apologize. But the thing is too, we got to start healing. And half of that is we are not able to heal because we are constantly put in the forefront for other people's consumment and enjoyment. And so we can't really properly heal because why? Our pain is their enjoyment. And that's That's sad to say that. But that's, that's just American society, well, even with artists, like Adele. I'm not even going to make it a race thing. Like Adele, when Adele was going through her divorce, what did everybody say? Not, we feel so sorry for this woman. This woman's going through, give her time. What did everybody say? Oh, this is about to be a bomb album. She about to give us the, yes, yes. We are I so excited. To be a hypocrite. I listen to her lyrics, I do. But every time she come out with an album, I'm just like, damn, she's hurt again. This is about to be fire. That's and like then Taylor when I listen Smith. to it, I'm crying with her because I can relate. That woman is gifted, man. Mm-hmm. Huh. No, I get it. But we as a society, we love pain. Taylor Swift. Why mm-hmm. was Taylor Swift so successful? Because after every breakup, she came with a nice breakup song to where that came her that became her stick, her MO to where Ooh. she couldn't even get away from it. She was probably mm-hmm. trying to find love, but now then she became the company work that was just party hopping all the time and so we actually as a society we have to think about it we as a society have been rooted in actually getting enjoyment out of people's pain this is what america has been rooted in and once we address where america has been rooted in then we can present it to other cultures because how can we tell somebody that this ain't right when they look at us going that's just the same way of us going we know we're not perfect in our society as america but then when we look at south korea when we look at j-pop k pop any other pop and we go but look at y'all society y'all presenting it to us that it is this is wonderful no it ain't when you look at your laws about how women are not as free over there it's not the protection laws for people and crimes over there in south korea for women for sexual assault is not there as it should be i literally had a mutual 
who had to go online and talk about her experience of being assaulted on a subway. I'm not going to put, you know, who they are, but they were assaulted when they went over to Korea because they wanted to have an experience and teach, but they were insulted. And the comments, the comments to her, and she was white. The comments to her, sometimes I get where the culture is, but the way people were just, but well, that's just what the culture is. You're not going to get it. So you should just, it's okay. That's just what the culture is. Just because that's what the culture is does not make it okay. And that's even with our society to sit up here and demean women and have music that demeans anybody. That's not always necessarily what we need just because it's what's culturally acceptable doesn't necessarily make it appropriate. And I say it like that. And certain things, just because it's tradition doesn't always make it right. And I even say, even with BTS, a lot of people like to uh, traditionalize BTS when they do so much to get out of them boxes, but still keep their aspects of who they are. But they try to be like, okay, we've proven time and time again, we're okay with breaking outside of the boxes of tradition because why we wanna make our new traditions and make a pave a way for people to be a little bit more freer. But even they don't get that opportunity because sometimes the fandom will not let them. The fandom will hold them to those traditional things. And I don't understand why. I don't. You know, Yasmin, this reminds me of, you want to tell her how you've lost followers to speaking on Black issues? Oh, yeah. No. Which I did, yeah. Which was surprising for me. Because you're a gamer channel so that people will know the difference. Yeah. But see, in a sense, I feel, and people don't see this side, the fact that I have to sometimes look at and apologize to other people, I'm sorry that you had to experience that on behalf of my color. The fact that when I have to say that, when I, when I sit there and go to someone, I'm sorry you had to experience that on behalf of my color. When you put someone down at that point, do you see how much you take the humanity out of someone when I have to apologize for the experience you had on behalf of my color? And if we don't see how that's an issue and that's a problem, I don't see how we're gonna ever get anywhere when people don't see that that is even an issue that someone has to apologize, that someone had to experience something negative on behalf of someone else's color and not because they said something or they were a bad person or anything like that, no. I'm sorry you had to lose people simply because you were defending someone. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's, that's the thing. And that doesn't, even for someone to see this, how uncomfortable it is, even for me as an African-American person to have to sit here and go, I'm sorry you had to feel that way on behalf of my color. And a lot of people will say, well, you shouldn't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in a sense, I want people to see that. No one should ever have to feel that type of um, shame to even apologize and go, I'm so sorry that my color is such an issue to people to where they don't even wanna follow anyone else talking about it, you know? And we mm -hmm. can talk about how far we've come, but if people are still unfollowing because someone decided to talk about something as they should and use their platform to help someone as they should, we are not as far along as we, we, we say we are. We are not. And that's the one thing of when we come to the point of when we're ready and when it's like, it's like the help at the end when she said, ain't you tired, Miss Millie? Ain't you tired of being this way? And so when people actually get tired of it, then that's when we'll go. But until people are defending their own traumas and triggers and don't want to address it, we're always going to still come here to this point. And unfortunately for us, Black, Black people, we have hope 
but then again, we don't. Because it's an unfortunate thing that we have to, in the back of our mind goes, this ain't gonna change. To be it's honest, a lot of people need shit pie. Like, I'm not gonna lie, not to be ignorant. A lot of people need to be given shit pie. Like, you know, it's like the late Paul Mooney said, everybody wanna be an N-word, but don't nobody wanna be an N-word. Paul Mooney said that. He said that. Everybody wanna be one until it's time to give to our, well, what he mean by that, well, I'll do it in about 30 seconds. What Paul Mooney mean by that for the uh, people watching, what he meant is everyone wants to enjoy what it means to be a black person when it's, the joy everyone wants the black joy experience but when it's coming time for us to have the black pain and for you all to feel the black pain then everybody gets the opportunity to bow out and go that's y'all but i'll come back when y'all happy yeah Yeah. you could sit there and tell somebody listen i like i understand what's going on with black people and stuff but i can't post the black square and by the way even posting the black square did not mean that you were aware yeah but what did that do yeah to tell somebody I can't put post the black square because I'm looking for a job right now and I don't want it to come off as a political statement. Please don't get offended. Understand where I'm coming from. God, I wish I could put them on blast so bad right now, but if I do, they're gonna kill me and then they're not gonna like mess with me no more. But I'm just like, you said what you said though, but mm-hmm. we'll leave it as it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, what I've noticed, which was really strange. Okay. Over the years I've observed, just like you said, lovely, I've observed, but in my case, I stayed quiet. Mm. I'm not even going to front. I stayed quiet, but it got to a point where I see you as my mutual. And then I have a other, um, TikTok con- a black content creator specifically, mm-hmm. and we're, we're mutual friends. And I see what happens. They make the videos. I listened and I saw, and I was just like, wait a minute, what? What do you mean? Especially it started with the the shadow band. It started with videos not being pushed. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I took, I took upon myself to download almost a few of the black content creators that I've seen that is actually speaking upon what is happening in their community. Mm-hmm. So you know what I did? I got them and I shared it on my Instagram story and I have a new Instagram. And that one I'm promoting like my gaming channel and all this other stuff, right? And K-pop and, and amongst other things. I started posting that. And I remember prior to me posting that, I started gaining a little following. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Huh. But then I, when I started seeing my mutuals online, you know, complaining what's happening in, in, your community, I was like, let me go ahead and post it up on, on my IG story. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the yeah. least I can do. It's the least I can do. That's what I said to myself. And then, uh, then following day, cause I like to see who's watching, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> cause I'm nosy like that. So I like to see who's watching. And then all of a sudden I was just like, wait a minute. I saw a number change. I was just like, it could be coincidence, but at this case, it's not going to be surprising. The mm-hmm. moment I started posting up what block, uh, black content creators are actually talking about, and I fullheartedly understood is why I started sharing the stories because I'm seeing, and most people don't know this, but I make extra money by doing Uber and I've had the caucasity in the car 
with a lot of things that are being said. So when I posted a lot of things on the story, I find it kind of funny and shady. I started losing followers because when I was posting gaming, when I was posting funnies, Mm -hmm. here you guys are following me, liking my content. But when it's time to actually start talking about what is happening and in the in the black community and the latino community that's when you guys dip out and i fullheartedly understand lovely and cat when you guys tell me you know they're here for the entertainment but they ain't here for like the forever pretty much and it's mm-hmm. just like damn and i finally saw it when i started posting when i started talking you know yeah and i think too i see it on tiktok and up putting people on blast because I understand people have their own um you know everyone has their own situation and why they won't you know say anything and why that and that's the one thing about it is most of us from Africa we understand why people wouldn't want to speak up because why Mm -hmm. we understand you are putting yourself in a line of fire to where you going to experience some things that you had never seen before and someone should never have to experience that. You're going to experience something which people should never have to experience. And we understand that when people say they don't, but what gets me is you get people in your comments every day saying, I support you, I support you. But when you go to their page and people can say, well, I don't like showing my face. Okay, well, you can post uh, uh, everyone does it now. You can post a screen and put in your words and say it from there, or you can re-download a creator's video yep. and put it on there. I it's at the point where I'm tired of the pacifying of the comments saying I support you, but then when I go on their page, there's no support at all. Or when we have people in the comments that are saying out of the way things, and people are reading the comments. People do not defend, you know what I'm saying, their favorite creators. People do not defend their favorite creators the way they need to, saying, hey, we do not do that here. You can take that somewhere else. We do not do that here. You know what I'm saying? Not threatening, not, you know, sending death threats, but no, reporting. We do not do that here. Offer your page as, you know what, let me save this, you know, this person's stuff and repost it on my page and tag them in it and saying, yeah. You know, I'm not other community, but this is what's going on or, you know, out of your support. But a lot of people like to do that whole, I would say something, but I'm not confident enough. But you're confident enough to tell me that you would say something, but you're not confident enough. You are confident enough to tell me that you don't want to step up for me. Wow. That's very bold. I'd rather you just saw the video, kept scrolling, but you are bold enough to tell me that I am not confident enough to defend you, but I am, I am bold enough to publicly tell you I'm not comfortable with defending you. I'm job hunting. <laughs> Political statement, You're I'm comfortable, job But a lot of people don't see it that way. You are comfortable enough to tell me, I'm, oh, I'm gonna continue to hide in the shadow with you. I, I, I see what you're going, but I'm gonna continue not to be involved with it because of X, Y, Z. But you didn't have to tell me that. You didn't have to tell me that. I'm not looking through everybody in my following this going, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but sometimes we as well, they tell them themselves. Everyone loves to tell them themselves in a, in a way, in a sense of one, you just want someone to know. And the thing is, I tell people, if you always want someone to know something, then yeah. I think people would sometimes respond because they just want people to know things about them. Even then when I talk about like, I'm talking about it, even when the K-pop and even for me as a K-pop, like whatever, it really kind of annoys me too. And I've talked about it. Most of us K-pop, and that's why I even tell some of the creators, big creators, even here, um, 
diversify your content on your page. Do not just do solely K-pop content because when you do that, you put yourself in a box of that's just who you are. Everything has to be incorporated in K-pop. And I tell people, K-pop does not always have to be incorporated in everyone's life. And I see it how it is on people on the outer cabin. I don't know, you know, you touched on it, you know, earlier about sometimes I get the annoyance of how when we are sitting in a circle, sometimes I don't want to talk about, okay, I want to see where you are as a person. I want to see where you are. Okay. What has K-pop taught you about being a human being? What has it? You talk about, you know what I'm saying? We bring it in. What has that talked about? But I say like this, there's examples, even on my page, I will post content that is very serious to me. You know what I'm saying? Something about family or even black history month. I will still get a con. I will still get a comment from someone going, Hey, I have this K-pop related con con question. Da, 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 da. And I have to kindly say, hey, I have so many other videos of K-pop content and you chose to literally ask your question about K-pop content on a video that had nothing to do with K-pop at all. Do you see how disrespectful that is? Especially if I'm talking about something is like, and I'll talk about black history. I'll say that in a sense, I know people don't do it, but that's kind of disrespectful to me. I literally made a video about talking about my family history. You know, not to put anybody on blast. And if this person sees this, not putting you on blast or anything like that, it's just an example. I was literally making a video talking about black history and my family history and how I was able to trace my family back, you know, 1868, which is a privilege. I tell people, I feel privileged as an African-American to even have that family history, to know where my family comes back, dating back to then. Do you know? And I was like, wow, this is just so amazing. Nothing about, I didn't even use any K-pop music. Literally, someone said, I have a question about Army Bond. <laughs> to me, I go, I love K-pop. I really do. But that's not my personality. My page is devoted to helping, you know, those through K-pop with mental health explain these things. So therefore, we can properly navigate this thing together. But I also want to show that there's a different side of me as well that you to get to know, not just for your entertainment. I want to be here as a diverse person and not just an entertainment commodity. And when you do something, one thing I learned, when you do something outside of that K-pop content, that's exactly when you start losing followers, when you start doing that, because why? That's not what they followed you for. That's exactly what I get. That's not the content that I followed you for. But do you see what it is? They only followed you for the content, not you as a creator, not you as a person. And sometimes that makes me feel as an, I'm being objectified as a creator here on this app because one, you still don't see my issues. As a black person, you just went, oh, that's a nice video. But here, I have a question about K-pop. I'm literally talking about my family history and what it means to be black and something that I uncovered about my family history. And you're trying to tell me it's an emergency, so much so that you had to put on a video that had nothing to do with K-pop. When I literally have thousands of videos, literally the next video after that, you could have went on my, but that told me is you don't want to go on my profile page. You don't want to get to know my videos because then I see the spam liking. That to me, I don't even care if people follow me. I will literally, I told them, I will block you. I don't care because you should know better which means you didn't watch my videos when I explained to you what spam liking is and how it hurts our, you know, our page over here, which means you never really watched my videos. Because if you watch my videos, even with the K-pop stuff, you would have seen what kind of person I am, what I command, where my personality is, how I feel about things. One, you would have saw the video that I addressed it. 
of why that's dangerous. So even then we have to address even how we consume creators content here on TikTok, even the black creators and how we address them because we can see that as disrespectful. There's no way if I am going to comment on someone talking about you know, their experience as an age, you know what I'm saying? Then this is that. And then I go, oh, well, by the way, I have this question about this concert. If I have this bag, would they let me into this show with the bag? You're literally talking about your family or what it means for you to be proud. And I'm telling you, okay, well, I got a question. Can I put this back? This is when I say, sometimes we talk about people on the outside world, locals are tone deaf to K-pop stands, but we as K-pop stands have to learn as a community, sometimes we are tone deaf to other people outside of us. And there has to be a thing of, we got to have that balance. We can share, we want to share a thing, but we have to think about not everybody wants to share with it 24 seven like us. So we have to blur that line. But I feel like even on TikTok, well, in our community, if more creators like yourself, stop being so afraid, stop being so afraid of your supporters. Because one, if they're really your supporters, they're going to support it. And if they don't, then that's just on them. But a lot of creators, a lot of this app could be done a lot better, even in our K-pop community. Actually probably can go a lot smoother if these mm -hmm. creators, the big platforms step up and actually actually get in there with their, with their following. It's okay to correct your followers. My followers know, that's why I have the following that I have. They know me, I have no problem correcting you. Even in a comment, I don't care if you've been following me for three years, if you were here from the jump, do some out of pocket. I'm gonna tell you, it's out of pocket because I care about you as a creator. I will literally DM you and go, yo, hey, did you realize what so-and-so is? Because why? I'm not just a creator that's here that wants the views and wants the accolades that wants everybody to kiss my ass every day and make me the HBIC. Yeah. That's not me. I actually got on this app to help people using K-pop, using K-pop as a segment for us to really come together and be a community. But half the time you have these creators, these older creators, even us, these older creators that are sitting over there, literally, like we said, just watching mm -hmm. and not doing anything. When you can use your platform and actually teach, and you don't even have to go and talk about black issues, teach your supporters about etiquette. Teach your supporters about what it means to, what is appropriate commenting and what is not appropriate commenting. Teach your followers, read the comment back to yourself out loud. And if you would take offense to it, if you even feel some way, read it out loud to your friend and see what they feel. And what, where, was the, where was the energy at? Because half the time they be commenting stuff and then you go, that's not, oh no, that's not what I meant. I wasn't trying to be rude like that. I wasn't trying to da 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 Okay, but do you see? how someone can take that yeah. when we don't address these issues even with our supporters they're literally following us for a reason we have a wonderful responsibility to help those because some people even in our k-pop community don't have parental guidance they have parents in the home but don't have proper parental guidance That's so they true. don't know what it means but us as creators we have the responsibility you don't have to be their mother but you can post a few videos going hey XYZ, we don't do this. Hey, let me just show you guys. I understand you guys do this. And, and I understand that someone maybe not have taught you, but hey, you see when people do this, how it can be like that? How about we try doing this? There's a certain way. There's a way that you can actually tell, there's a way that you can talk to your followers as well too when you have to do constructive criticism. And that is one of it. We just, K-pop, I get the plight of one, we put K-pop into everything. And I understand it is because maybe that's the only thing we have. In mm -hmm. a sense, if that's the only thing we have, then one, we're trying to incorporate it in everything. But 
I'm a person outside of K-pop, which honestly, it made me govern K-pop when I actually really kind of detached myself a little bit from it. I actually got to enjoy other things. But then too, now I don't even just have a, play, a K-pop playlist. The K-pop music is incorporated into all of my music. Yep. You see, there's a difference. Because some people will sit up there and only listen to K-pop and not listen to other music. But then again, now you're attacking other music because K-pop is the only thing. I don't like that. Just like certain creators on here. I don't like how they promote mental health. I don't. And a lot of people can know. That's why I don't really mess with certain creators. I don't mess with a lot of creators here on the app. And I would be okay with saying that. I don't mess with a lot of creators here on the app because one, what they choose to promote about mental health is wrong or they choose not to even promote mental health at all. You want to call your fans to Lulu, but no one says, hey, maybe we do need some therapy. Hey, you get creators on here talking about, I don't need therapy. I have K-pop. <laughs> How do you feel about, you know, the Nicki Minaj situation with Black History Month? The creators, 300 and 300 of them were not yeah. Black. I also wanted to know, like, did you even get a link? Because I know from my understanding, they were getting, giving like big uh, Black content creator. I'm going to put this in air quotes. I'm going to put this on air quotes. Black content creator, everybody a link. And by the way, I definitely blame the marketing team all that shit yeah um uh, we definitely looked at it as something one right it was a setup and i don't think and for that a lot of people um put it all in nikki and the one thing i don't want to make this a whole nikki bar you know situation and things mm -hmm. like that because one as an when you're invited to these things you can only do so much you know what i'm saying out of your control and to see that you know nikki at the end of it said you know i heard you guys and i'm going to try to put something together one nikki should have never been in that position to where she has to now you know, try to drum up something for anything. And a lot of people can say, well, why didn't she call it out, you know, then, but then again, it's like, it's already underway. What can you do, you know, in those things? But two, a lot of people seeing it as this is somewhat of a setup, you know, here's the thing, January 29th, somebody, what I think it was a one black creator, he had made it. And it was true. He was like, it's about to be black history month. So you already know they're about to pull something here on this app to really like make the whole black because last year black history month i thought we was gonna have a i thought this year was about to be a redo of you know maybe we can oh, have a redo yeah. from last year last year was awful and then someone was like you know they're gonna try to pull something to make it all and at first for me honestly speaking i was that night person going no i think maybe we're gonna have a nice one because at first i didn't hear nothing like first two days and i was like Ooh, okay, maybe we're learning to celebrate in peace and do our thing. And then when that situation came out, Aaron was like, this seems like a setup because why would TikTok re reach out to not, if it's, an, if it's promoted as a Black History Month thing, why is it promote? why was it link given out to non-Black creators? Two, not all big Black creators got the invite too because there was certain Black that had check marks that I was going through the timeline saying, I didn't even get one. I really didn't even get an invite. There's people with invite that couldn't even get in. And I just feel like too, if TikTok meant it to be a Black History Month type of thing, what type of education were they trying to give? Because too, even if you had Nicki Minaj, why didn't you give the background history of her accomplishments as a Black woman? She was able to do this. And what did it mean for her to accomplish these things as a Black woman in the industry? Not what it means for to be Black during Black History Month. Like, really, what 
I said, why would you ask her what it means to be a black woman during Black History Month? You could have asked her what it means to be a, a hardworking woman in the in the rap industry as a female art, as a black, you know, woman in the rap industry. How was it for her to really pave her, you know, way to pave her way as what, what did she experience? What type of racism has she experienced in the industry and how that put her forward? These were the type of questions that you could have spent. Cause some people was like, well, then what does Nikki have to do with black history month? Okay. I get what you're saying that you would want it more prominent people speaking on black history. And that goes in the thing too. If it was a, let's say a, um, a speaker, a civil rights movement speaker, right? Would that have been, if they sent the same invitations out, would those same creators have been there? So one thing we're posing as you didn't see Nikki as black, you didn't even, and even in the TikTok videos with some of the non-black creators that um, posted even after that, do you see, they said, we were at a Nicki Minaj event, TikTok invited us to a, an event, an event, they said, TikTok invited me to an event to see Nicki Minaj. They did not say, we were invited by TikTok for a Black History Month event to, you know, special guest speaker was Nicki Minaj. You see, they never said we were at a Black History Month event. They said we were here to see Nicki Minaj. So there was a problem. If people didn't understand what the problem with that was, they never presented it as they were there at a Black History Month event. They were there to see Nicki Minaj, which so happened to be a Black History Month event. So a lot of people are like, you weren't there for the Black History because we can tell the questions. You only wanted her to say your name. Yeah. And not do that. And so then it was like, there were so many black creators that couldn't even get the, that they got the link, but couldn't even get in because it was too full. One, I should have said, one, why are there so many non-POCs here? Hey, but even as a non-POC, I would have I looked around and was like, I don't need to be here. Oh my God. Yeah. I've been invited yeah. to a lot of, even, even lives of like native, you know what I'm saying? I've been invited... But that's not something because then too, I can understand where someone said, okay, I thought I was being invited because they wanted me to sit here and listen and have the education, right? But the minute that I learned, oh, I don't think this is educational. Boop, let me go. This, this, this is not educational for me. I'm not getting anything out of it. One, I would never want to take it. Like someone even said that. If it was, um, she made the, the analogy. Everyone knows we love Selena. If Selena was alive, like I was, I was alive when she, you know, when she passed away. I remember being on the playground. I remember when we got the news, my friend running out. I remember us crying, crying, because we didn't understand. But if she was alive today and there was for, you know, Latin X, you know, for that month, if she was a special guest speaker that day and I got an email saying, God, you get to see Selena. Here's the thing. One, as much as people were like, you would go and take that opportunity. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. As much as I would love to go, God, that's very tempting to me because as much as, you know what I'm saying, I love her. But then again, she does not mean to me as much as she would mean to you, yes. In the sense, yeah. in the sense of she does not mean the same to me as she would mean to you. So that would mean to me, if I was friends with you, I would have to think about it. If I got a link and my friend didn't, but it meant more to her because she's a part of that culture, I'm taking somewhere away from, or here's the thing, I'm gonna use my link and go, hey, yes, get on the link. Here it is. You, I'm gonna forward it to you, because one, that's an opportunity for you to see representation of you, and who am I? And that's even for someone who's Afro Latina, Afro Afro Latinx. That was me. That's me taking something away from them because they have closer proximity to her than I do. And I think a lot of things is people want to be so close. The people use their proximity 
as a way to Trojan horse themselves as I'm entitled to be here. You're literally using your proximity as an entitlement to be there. And for me, that's something that I have to think about. Is this taken away from somebody who is actually more affected by it? Because why? She means more to you than she would mean to me. Even though it affected me too, it would affect you more. And I understand that. But the fact yeah. that I understand that is a thing of people are not getting. But half of that is their generations before, even my generation as a millennial, dropped the ball with keeping you know, the, the generations underneath us going, hey, you need to be reminded of this. But half of us, unfortunately, millennials are going through our own thing of, I don't know what more to tell you because what I know is a lie. So I don't even know how to govern you because here's the thing, I'm getting lied to myself. So I'm trying to govern this thing out. And I told people, I have to apologize to Gen Z. I really do. I tell people as a millennial, I apologize to them because here it is, I, I wish I could help them. I wish. But here it is, I'm literally trying to figure this out myself. And I, I, I love their tenacity. I really do. I love how they are so passionate and how they just do not, hey, when some need to get done, they will do it. Like I said, was I proud of the K-pop stands during Black Lives Matter? Oh my God. I was, yeah. I was, I was so shook. proud. I, I still am. I don't care. I still am proud. I said the K-pop community shut down police stations. The K-pop community literally yep. told the president to suck it by literally, <laughs> you know, buying stuff and telling them that ain't nobody coming to your, your convention. That's some ballsy type stuff. I apply because as a millennial, I don't think we would ever sit up there. Did we just make a funny meme about it and just laugh <laughs> on and go? But I love that they want to attack and want to make things better. But half of it is sometimes it's like the scrappy do. I literally call them scrappy do. Like, let me in, let me in. Hey, slow down. We on the same team here. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get I love it. You know, but sometimes they, it's the whole thing. You can't tell me what to do. And now I get it. And I was like, I, I was young, just like you. So I get where the whole thing is. You don't know. You, you obviously don't know. But now that I'm older, I'm like, ooh. That's even how I come across, even in the K-pop community. I've been in here for three years. And some of the videos that I've done back then, I might look at and go, oh my God, I absolutely hated how I portrayed myself. I even, I even told my followers that. I said, it was a month ago, I had to apologize. I said, let me apologize to you all. If for the last year and a half, I've been selling you a dream or I've been on this app selling you Disney, you know, trying to be that Martha Stewart, you know what I'm saying? The, hey, tab of the brown, hey there. You know, that type of thing. I have to apologize for that because when I think is, I was selling you toxic positivity. And, but half of that was, I was just trying to be positive myself and keep the peace. You know what I'm saying? Let's just try to, let's just try to keep the peace. Is this. But half the thing is, that's not keeping the peace. That's literally putting a Band-Aid on and I had to tell people, I'm so sorry that I, as a creator, I did not give you a real experience of me like that. I did not give you a full snapshot of me. So really how my following is, I think about it as a transition. It goes up, it goes down right now because one, people are really starting, I'm starting to figure out who this new lovely I'm trying to present to everyone, even in this K-pop community, but I need to be more real about stuff, even with black issues. I've always talked about our black issues here in the K-pop community, but I need to be more upfront about how I felt and not pacify me not being happy about what's going on just to keep the peace and keep it palatable for everyone. And there's a thing of too, as a K-pop fan, if you, you are standing 
and this is to my non-black BMP, you are standing people who are POCs just because they look white, just because their skin is a lot lighter. You are standing POCs and have the nerve to sit up there and tell another POC that their experience is not valid. One, what you're saying is their experience isn't valid. The K-pop community, even like BTS, they literally tell you that they experience discrimination, all this other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying is when we think about what is, you know, what's this creative for, for, but just to wrap it up, honestly speaking, um, I say that in segueing back into the TikTok conversation. Um, one, the reason why we had so much awareness about what was going on um, and we may not have had any prominent changes, you know, from it. One, thankfully so that we did have an artist, Nick, you know, to come out at live and say, actually, I heard what you guys are saying. So one, that was a comforting thing to go. Well, one, she did actually realize that there was an issue. She heard us enough to know that there was an issue. But one, I have to commend and champion those creators. The first person that I knew that I follow, um, she's a wonderful creator. I love her as a Black Like, honestly, she is so out of the box and creative, I love it. But I really commend Nikoya because I was the first creator that I saw talk about the meeting right after the meeting and actually say it wasn't what it was supposed to. And the, the hate that she got for even saying that at first, was just yeah. like man I see how you don't really champ no one even asked her about what her experience was in that chat room they immediately just went on you know it was like for me I was like whoa like no one even asked what the heck happened she's she's literally there so one you know she's not gonna say nothing that's not you know what I'm saying like that she's gonna tell the truth and one for her to even come out and say that was like for me, it brought in the awareness. But when I say, as and I saw it, when she went out, other creators started going out and talking about it. Then you had more creators being comfortable enough to going, hey, mm-mm, no, this was an issue. And then you had a community of people who were like, I wasn't there, but nah, that's not it. We saw a whole mass of creators use their platform and speak up. But one of the things is, is really, once again, the Black creators are always going to speak up. I was waiting for non-POC and I saw it. I was able to see as not as much as I would want to, yeah, but I was I able to see enough too. to make me go, yeah, to go, mm-mm, no, they did say that. If it was for a black, why are we going into a space that is not really created for us? We should not, because why? We have our own spaces. And then we were talking, they literally have their own spaces. They literally, TikTok creates their own space for them and all that. We have our own. Well, why, you know what I'm saying? Why are we going in? That's not right. If that's what they're asking for, they're just asking for one little aspect where they can have for themselves. And so one, if we see more creators, if more creators really speak out on these things, if enough of us speak out, you become the majority. See, the thing is, a lot of people want to keep themselves in the minority, but no one ever thinks about that. That's the same thing of if y'all all look together and go, wait a minute. Are you in jail just like I am? Are you are you in the field just like I am? There's a lot of us and there's only one of them. Don't you think if we all collectively got together? It's one of those things. If you know what I'm saying, we saw it. If we all collectively get together, everyone's on a standpoint, huh, we can get somewhere. But half of it is it's like why do we have these platforms then? If you are on TikTok, this is what gets me. If you are on TikTok and got these platforms and talk about you want to, then why? Why do you have the platform if you don't want to speak? Why? Why? What do you have it for? And that's why I said sometimes, and too, we can't force anyone to speak on our issues either. 
And that's the one thing about even anyone in the community, not just black community, Asian community, you know, Latinx community, that's anyone. We can't force people to want to care about our issues either. We can't force people to even want to speak on our issues. And that's one thing is the the witch hunt of two, what we were seeing is K-pop, you know, stands our community, even in on TikTok, we're forcing these creators to do stuff. And then it created an even better bubble because then when that when that creator did it, then it's later on proving they were disingenuous. Oh, they didn't even mean it in the first place. They didn't mean it to begin with. They only did it because they had a whole bunch of y'all over there forcing them going, you need to speak on this. Here's the thing. If they didn't want to speak on it, one, you should have took it as, okay, let me wait. Okay, if they don't want to speak on it, one, you have either two choices. You can try to understand that maybe they're not comfortable enough with doing it and understand as a person, I know how I will feel if I'm not even speaking on these topics, I'm not going to force someone to speak on it either. I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to just move on and not follow that person anymore and then go on about my life. There, there's the thing. You have, you have those types of choices. But it's the thing of when you have creators that only want the following, they only want the following and they're only okay with getting the following and the likes that they have. That's what they have. And no one can fault if that's what they want to keep their page at that point. You want to keep the peace, then therefore some some people need an outlet, a peaceful outlet. So when they go to enjoy that. So that's the one thing is I never really try to, I always um I always advocate for creator speaking, especially if you are a person that um that is always having a uh, critique. I would say this, if someone who's always having an opinion or a statement or a critique that they want to be put across in a comment section all the time, while you're having all these wars in the comment section, won't you post a video about your views? But here's the thing, the kicker is when you tell them that, the reason why they don't wanna say that, they don't wanna put it on their views because why? They know if they post how they really said their views, what type of ratio they would get. That's why they only do it in the comments because they're not gonna get ratioed as much if they posted their own view, which makes me go, well, how are you supposed to tell me about what I'm saying? At least I'm bold enough to say it online and not in the comment section. Can I say thank you so much for this education and this tea? Because of course, we do have to wrap it up. Like you have just been amazing, like this whole entire interview. And you have opened my eyes to things that I personally never realized. Especially, you know, this is an education for me in the K-pop world because like I said, I'm still dipping my toe with mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you so much. And thank you again. For no, thank on. you. Honestly, yeah, thank you so much because one, to have these opportunities and these spaces to even talk yeah. and to educate. One, it may seem like we talk so much, but that just just show we're so starved to get our our, our information out Absolutely. there. It's like we want people to just know things. And one, Catherine, I, I honestly thank you for teaching me certain things about you know different cultures and things. I've learned so much as an African American woman. I've never really put myself above. You know what I'm saying? I think about Af- like we're all in this together. And one, I just honor the culture. And but one, I honor your experience. I honor learning. Okay this is what the issue is. You know what I'm saying? This was an issue. And instead of gaslighting it and saying, no, I understand where you're coming. You know, I understand that that's, you know, what it is. I can't take that back. You know what I'm saying? The ridicule, even from people who look like us, I can't take that back. I can only apologize and hope that, you know, we come across more people that outshadow that. And hopefully we can do better 
as a diaspora to kind of now really start to heal, you know, each other and actually come in and be like, hey, we, we, we can learn so much and actually become such a super culture. I love, yeah. I want to become like a super culture where it's like, we, no, uh-uh, I got your back. We got your back. And we are all stronger together because we all have gone through, you know, it may not be in the same experience, but we all know what it's like to be marginalized. We always like to be, demo- we know that. But when we don't have these conversations, even between black women, when we can't have, when we don't have these conversations and actually be at a point where we are actually not trying to, um, beat our our experience or beat our, our our way into each other to be like no you only understand me when we come at a point where we're humble and we go I, we just want to figure out what's wrong let's figure out what's wrong and let's clean it out but one I'm not going to be defensive because if that's what your experience is I can't say anything just like if that's what my experience is so these are the things where I'm happy that you get to, people are now getting to see these are the conversations that we can have, even as Black women, even as women of color. Now we have, yes, as women of color, we can relate, you know, we can relate. And then sometimes we can educate, we can see your perspective. We all, as women, can have these conversations and it all goes somewhere. And that's the one thing where I just want K-pop, you know, just people, and it's not even K-pop stands, just people on this app in general. Sometimes you have to stop fighting, stop trying to fight to prove that you're right. And sometimes, and stop, stop fighting and talking to be right. How about you listen to understand? And sometimes I tell people that now, even in my videos, I have to precursor, hey, instead of listening to attack and listening to rebuttal, please listen to understand because it's a different thing. People sometimes listen to everyone's message. I see that now, even in the comments, you're listening to respond. Mm -hmm. You're listening to respond, not to understand. And there's a totally different spirit when you're commenting. You can tell when someone is listening to respond and someone is listening to understand. Someone's commenting to understand. Someone's just commenting because I just, I just want to say my opinion. Here's the thing. If you want to say your opinion, go on your page. And that's yeah. for everyone out there. If you have an opinion and you would say, I'm just stating my opinion. For those people who literally like to put that in the comments and I'm putting all the on blast. For all those people who are watching that like to do that, I'm just stating my opinion. Do that on your page. Post a video on your page because while you're just post stating your opinion, you can state it on your page. Because one, you can't govern how someone responds to you on their page when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So I thank you women all for the opportunity. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. My mom's called oh, no. me. And I was, yeah, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but that's no, but I, I just want to say, I, yeah. But I thank you all for the opportunity yeah. because these types of things sorry. I don't really have. Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to sound unprofessional. I, I am so sorry. No, Just you're fine. For a hot minute, and I didn't want to cut you off. I'm so no. sorry. You're good. No, but I just wanted to say thank you all for the opportunity. Hopefully that I can invite yeah, you. I, I got to go. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Thank you for that. No problem. Okay, lovely. All right. Well, have all a good right. rest of your night. Thank you, you so too. much. You too. Thank <laughs> you for coming on. Okay. I know you had to go, (laughs) but I just finished off the interview with Miss Lovely Monroe. And thank you so much, girl. I love you. I know. It was fun. (laughs) She's amazing. Yeah. And thank you again for being one of the pioneers to follow us. (laughs) Oh, and before we even begin with this wild story, can we please give a shout out to a follower on our channel named No Name? No Name. Whoever the hell you are, like, we love you. We love you. We do. We got to give 
you a shout out. I don't know who you are, and it's funny that your screen name is No Name, but you legit be on every single YouTube video we do. Yes. You react. Mm -hmm. We love you, okay? Yeah, thank you. We thank you. you. Thank you for engaging out. with us and entertaining our asses. Right. <laughs> and tell everybody that you know and your mama. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. Spread the word of the Let's Geek podcast. Spread the word. <laughs> Be like, there are these two crazy bitches I always listen to. <laughs> right. And watch. No names out there like, hey. <laughs> we we have and it's funny because we between you and me Kat, we we're trying to figure out who the hell is no name and we we're like do you know no, no, no. no name say no name because right. we love you <laughs> yeah it's a mystery but shout out to you no name but <laughs> now it's time for it dear that's wild where I tell incredible true story from around the world that actually happened. So the story I got was from mirror.co.uk and it goes, pregnant mom devastated after sister-in-law plays cool prank at gender reveal party. Mm-hmm. Wait, so, I'm sorry, that was a mouthful. What happened? Okay, I'll say it again. Pregnant mom devastated after sister-in-law's cruel prank at gender reveal party. Mm -hmm. Damn. Damn. Yeah. What she do? What she do? So, you know, normally when you got a gender reveal, everybody has <laughs> creative ways of doing it. An alligator, a baseball bat, balloons, you know. It's your gender reveal. You can do it however you want. So, <laughs> so there's this um, mom and dad-to-be. They have two children and they're both boys. So this is their third pregnancy. And their wish, they, for this third pregnancy, they want a girl so bad, like completely bad because, you know, they've been trying for a girl. So what ended up happening was, of course, her sister-in-law, her husband's sister, was the one that was doing the gender reveal. And they had a cake and they also had the balloons. So okay. there they are, woo, let's find out. They have the balloon. They pop the balloon. It's um, pink sprinkles, you know, the pink confetti. Yeah, that yeah, 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 that, that comes and out. Uh -huh. So everyone's Ooh. screaming and it's like, yeah! Oh, wait, oh, wait, don't tell me. I Something's, something's telling me. Something. Yeah, they're happy, they're excited. So it was time to cut the cake, right? Oh. When they cut the cake, you know, they revealed the cake. It's a gender reveal cake. The uh -huh. cake was blue. Meaning, I had a yeah, feeling the sister-in-law was pranking her with the balloon. They were never going to have a girl. Yeah, she just put it in there to play with them. And when they opened the cake, you know, cut the cake and opened it, it was blue, you know, yellow cake. And they're actually having a boy. So of course, people are just like, bruh. Yes, I'm gonna be honest. If that was me, you would piss me off. I, I, you know, everybody has a sense of humor. I personally have a sense of humor myself, but that's one where that's not funny to me personally. That's not funny, especially if you've been waiting for a specific. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like why? Yeah. Yeah. Some, that's somebody come hold my belly. I'm about to whoop this ass. <laughs> <laughs> you said hold my belly. <laughs> uh oh. There's actually a video of it, but you know, they kind of, they handled it like geez, because you know, they were excited. They're like, oh my God, oh my God. And then when they opened the cake, they were a bit confused. And they're just like, oh, 
oh, wow, okay, we're having a boy. That's kind of like the reaction. They didn't do the most with their reaction, but they were kind of blown. And of course, this is posted on TikTok. And of course, the comment section is mixed reviews. People are just like, this is so messed up. I would never talk to her if that were me. She knew you guys wanted a girl so bad. Why would she play with your emotions like that? You know? You know what I was thinking? Mm-hmm. You know what I was thinking? This can't be as bad as, or what was it? Was it the first episode or or our prologue episode of this season about that like the 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 sister in law making that cruel prank? I don't oh, know. If yes. t- like at this oh point, I think you know what? I think I think we can we can pass this. It's like okay, bitch, I'm gonna get you. Just wait. I feel but like, like there's I don't a trend. Bad. I feel like there's a trend with sister-in-laws right now who want to be You're petty. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who want to be petty for no reason at all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just Listen, hope- I can understand of the whole pettiness because I'm not trying to get too personal in my life. You know what I'm saying? Kat, you already know. But like, if, if your brother's wife got you fucked up I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, I feel like there might be more to the story than what people let on. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I I get it. There's some granted that it's just supposed to be a harmless joke or whatever it is. Or maybe there's more to the story. Who knows? Right? Because we only get one version of a story. And that's the thing about like TikTok or anything that you upload, whether it's Facebook, whatever, you're always going to get the one sided story until that other person that was involved in the video is going to tell their story. I don't know. That's just me. You know, me, I would really pray and hope that, you know, when my brothers get married, that my sister in law is legit like my sister because you know I want to sit down and talk shit about my brothers, you know, with somebody. Oh my god. Yes, yes. And I want that relationship where I can be like, yeah, I know he's annoying. He annoys me too. Let's go get our nails done. Like I really want my future sister in law to be like my sister. Yeah. However, if huh? Why are you so violent? <laughs> what do you mean violent? To want to hang out like- with my sister in law? No, to talk shit, like for real. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm just joking. You know, I, I'm joking. Loki, I got she's being serious, Loki. I'll be completely honest though. I don't wish it, but if I had a sister-in-law that does too much, I'll probably talk to my brother and be like, yo, talk to your female dog. Because if she <laughs> keeps playing with me, <laughs> I'm a slap her ass into 2030. That's all I was saying. Notice I was polite. I said, talk to your female dog. Because I was polite about it. I didn't say the actual, I didn't say the science. Listen, listen, let's just hope your brother actually does speak out. Because, you know, you got some people, some brothers and sisters, right? That'll be like, what can I say? That's how she is. Or that's how he is. My mother, she don't play that. (laughs) I remember one time. I was telling her the story of another friend's experience with their sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna put their business out there and tell the story, but it was just a funny story having to do with their baby in a bathtub. And it really wasn't that serious. I agree. Okay, she was mad because she gave the baby a shower. I'll just say it. And apparently you're supposed <laughs> to bathe. She read that you're supposed to bathe. You told yeah, me apparently. 
you're supposed to bathe a baby like she read you're supposed to bathe a baby like every other like two days or something like that so she told them like don't bathe my baby and they gave the and they gave a baby the bath <laughs> and she was tripping you guys don't respect me i'm taking my baby and going talk to your mother and your sister they don't respect me and i thought it was hilarious so i told my mom this and i'm gonna be speaking creole yasmin please don't ask me to repeat it because if i have to repeat it no, but I'm can you at least translate it <laughs> yeah i will but okay, if you okay. make me do it again i'm gonna screw it up okay okay slow it down go ahead yeah she said, basically, this is what she said in English. She said that if you're, yeah, she was just like, if your brother's um, future wife try me like that, I will slap the TT so bad. Your brother no good talk to me for a long time. Basically, in Creole, she was just like, if your um, brother's wife try that with me, I will slap her so hard. Your brother's not going to talk to me for a hot minute. <laughs> That's basically what she said. Because she was just like, I wish they would try that with me. And I'm just like, they ain't ready for my mother as a mother-in-law. Like, they not ready. So, Your mama I, means I just, business. Your mama means right. business. She don't play. She's the stereotypical, like, I love my baby boys. But she's not the petty one that will, like, get involved in every, you know, all mm. our business. <laughs> Thank God. She's never that woman that I know if I have an issue with my partner, that she'll call my partner and cuss him out for me. I'm glad I don't have relationships like that with my parents. I'm not trying to judge. Parents, but yeah, my parents aren't like that either. Yeah. I mean, unless unless it's something really serious, like it involves yeah. their, like, exactly. their... their I, their got uh what is it uh their their um their grandchildren okay like maybe the, yeah. you know step it up but like other than that at that point it's your business yeah can't deal with that pettiness but you know my brothers are smart dudes my uh, my young my older brother because i'm the oldest but the oldest of the two i joke he likes cocoa butter chicks like erica badu uh -huh. and you know, that kind of people who have vibes like that, Lauren Hill, you know, the locks or the, mm -hmm. yeah, that's his kind of type. Whereas my, my youngest brother, I'm still trying to figure out his type. He seemed like stereotypical young black boy that be going after every single girl that just look pretty. But you know, as he gets older, they'll have standards. So I trust who they're gonna marry. I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so I have a question for you. What? So if I planned your baby shower, what happens if I gave you a balloon and a piñata and then a cake and then a cupcake? <laughs> and it went and then, and then and then it went from blue and then pink and then blue and then pink Bruh. yellow and then purple and then blue and then play <laughs> blink blink what is that? And then I'll be like, yes, yeah, you got me effed up right now. What's the gender of my kid? <laughs> and then <laughs> I take off my shirt <laughs> and underneath my shirt, it's going to be half blue and half pink. I'll be like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hold my belly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ow, my head. <laughs> I laughed too hard. <laughs> Oh, literally hold my belly. I'm sick because I can't do this. Oh look, do you, do you see my nail? Do you see my nail? I don't mean to put oh, the Lord. middle finger right there, but you see, even my nail is gonna tell you purple or or blue. Purple, or blue. 
geez. It's just like, what is the gender of the baby? Surprise, it's both, you're having twins. I was giving you signs the whole entire time. There we go. That would be the greatest thing that happened to me. And at the same time, I'd cry because I'm shook, like I'm having twins. What a blessing, but damn, I got to deal with two at the same time. But what a blessing. Yep. <laughs> And then you want to get mad at me for what? You always got to pull out that Aries out of you, huh? In any situation. And then you it's, want to apologize after you start yelling at me. And it was like, for what? For what? I oh, can't help what? it with the Rams. Whereas Yasmin, you're over here like. Listen, like I like to plot. I like to plot what <laughs> I got to do next. That's all I'm saying. You got to be, at some point, you got to start learning how to be street smart. You know, because a lot of people can get away with a lot of things. And I'll be like, oh. So that's your chest move. Okay. I got you. <laughs> well, that was a fun damn bro. That's wild. We're getting close to the end of our show. Yes, it's been a long journey, but we got some, you know, we, we geeked on. Um, what, sorry, what was the movie that you mentioned? Imitation of Life. Uh-huh. And then we talked about what happened with Dante and his case. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the Uncharted series and how, like, movies can never depict a good... Okay, minus Tomb Raider. All right. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Um, you know, good depiction. And it's it's all about, you know, immersion experience and how people play their video games. And then we had a really nice conversation with lovely Monroe. And, mm -hmm. you know, K-pop, anti-Blackness, then, you know... I hope everybody can like hopefully you guys can like take something from this today you know what i'm saying so just very educational yes please best you know like i think we said this uh what what is it what we was it last episode or was it the the reaction video i cannot remember where it's just like bask in the culture just don't you know uh <laughs> you know, that just... was the episode in general yeah that was okay it was it was because i couldn't remember if you said that for the uh reaction like, music the video children, or... not black skin <laughs> like literally i'm still saying that feed the children not darken the skin man yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, uh feel free to leave your thoughts in the comment section let us know what you think and you know just what you, yeah just overall what you think <laughs> well and a special mention since you know it is black history month i hey. want to give a shout out to a very good friend of mine that i've known since high school his name is daryl barnes and he is actually currently writing his third book and it's amazing because you know back in high school he always told me he wanted to be an author and write children's Ooh. books and stuff and he's finally doing it so Congratulations to you. He has his book called, um, it's called Raiden, Guardian of Lightning. And it's basically about a young boy who finds out he has electric powers. It has great ratings. It's on Amazon. And if you are not a big fan of reading, you can also get the audio. So don't even worry. Ooh, yep, there's an audio. Go ahead. It. Okay. Mm -hmm. Especially Keep if you're doing these long drives. Yeah, three years ago, he released the first book. And then a year and a half ago, he released the second. And he is currently writing a third book in the series. He's finally published. And if you want to go beyond the children's book, he also has a poetry book. So we will put the link. Yeah. Lovely. Like I said, he's, I'm so proud of him. Like, he was always like this in high school. He's he doing that. Cool. He's doing yeah. that. Black excellence, Daryl. Black excellence. But yeah. 
I can keep saying it. If you have children, please buy the books for your kids. You don't need to be black to buy the book or so. You know, for all we know, this could be the next static shock. <laughs> True, and you know what? I was thinking that. I was thinking that when you had mentioned that, I was like, "Oh, this is very reminiscent to Static Shock." And I wonder if he has any inspiration from that. Right, you never know. We could bring him on the show. You yes. know, eventually in a future episode. And you know, there's a rumor that Michael B. Jordan is producing a Static Shock movie. I'm, I'm yeah. here for it. It's a rumor. Keyword rumor. <sighs> I need these goddamn good rumors to start becoming true. Yeah, I mean, I would be down for it. I mean, Static Shock is in the DC universe, so I think it's be interesting. So. And listen, DC, we need something. We need something, okay? Well, like, I'm already gambling with, like, R Robert Pattinson with this new Batman series. Like, I'm nervous because I love me some Batman. Like, I'm very into the Batman universe. Literally, like, if you're my friend, you already know that I love me some Batman. Even my car is decorated Batman yeah. on the inside. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I, I do. I do like the trailer, though. Uh, I saw the trailer. Oh, when I was watching the Uncharted series, uh, they showed the trailer. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm doesn't seem so bad i they're, they're going in a different route with this you know the new revamped depiction of batman and i get it it's what did they say it's like it's batman before batman isn't mm -hmm. that what they said uh, mm -hmm. yeah. and i think it's like a full circle for um zoe kravis because you know when it was the dark knight they're sorry the third dark knight movie when it was with um anne hathaway playing selena kyle <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember this scene. There was a scene where Selena Kyle was leaving the house and she was talking to her friend. Yeah. And it wasn't even that long of a scene. That scene was less than a minute where she's like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to so-and-so. Like, are you going to be back at this time? She goes, I'll see you later. You never see that friend afterwards. That's just a small scene. Zoe Kravis auditioned for that scene and they didn't give it to her. Reason why, according to her, they didn't want to go the urban way. <laughs> and it's crazy because it was like, dude, this is only a two minute scene and putting me in this two minute scene is going to urban. And that was for this Batman movie to see her years and years later playing Catwoman and making Eartha Kitt proud. <laughs> that is a full circle moment to me. Yeah. I know she's going to do a great job as Catwoman. I'm not worried. You know, I have my opinion about Robert Pattinson. I'm trying to go into it with a positive way because I was not a fan of Ben Affleck playing him. I'm not gonna even get to my opinion about Ben Affleck. I'm not a fan of him. And I was right, it was trash. It was trash. I really tried. My spirit said it was gonna be trash, but I said, Captain, don't go into it, you know, yeah, negative. Yeah. No, I was right. So I'm feeling a little bit the same way with Robert Pattinson, even though I don't have any malice towards Robert Pattinson, but I'm just like, Please help me love this movie and please change my perspective. Yeah, because that yeah, only Lord knows we need something good happening to DC. Mm -hmm. Come on, just just DC una needs cosa. to up. Una cosa. Una. That's all we're asking. If Marvel could do it, I don't understand. But then again, Marvel is better than DC. Marvel, give us free stuff and let us endorse in the future. <laughs> but yeah, I love Marvel. I did I say Marvel? Sounded like I said marble like the countertop. I meant to say Marvel. Oh, Marvel. Not marble. 
Ay, qué locura. All right, so up next, who is our artist of the week? Our artist of the week is Neptune XXI. I, yo, we don't, I don't play favorites when it comes to our artists, but I am with her music so heavy. It's like, how do I say this? It's like Erica Badu and Lauren Hill had a kid together and Queen Latifah is the godmother. Listen, That's my it's beautifully put. I can't. She raps, her songs are so well put, but this is the song Honeybee. I love this song. I listened to her album that she released. It's great. I saw the music video. The music video is so beautiful. It just annoys me that it's not getting enough attraction. So please. Yes, listen. let's boost this up, man. Let's boost this up. Mm -hmm. She's like, you're my honeybee, be my honey. You know what, Neptune? I'm gonna let you sing it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. All right, let's go ahead and play this track. Yeah, this is much better. Oh Whoa. boy! All right, thank you guys for tuning in, and hopefully we'll see you on the next one. All right, let's go ahead. Bye. Bye. Let's sit back and watch it grow from this oil. I get it when I want. She called me spoil you. Pussy got me full. Flavor honeybee. I keep some for you just for later. But I'm more in love with her intellect. And when she catch her attitude, we both know what happens next. Moment of silence. Someone had to break it. A bond built off trust before I seen her naked. Hey yo, you wanna argue now or later? By now, I can tell when you just want the attention. You told me I'm your world. You the solar to my system. Yeah, you the solar to my.